Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's the guy who is going to put on his special podcasting shoes so that he can win the podcasting endurance challenge today. Rob Sisternino, hello everybody, and welcome back to Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sisternino, and we have a very fun show for you guys here today, talking about everything that went on in Survivor Kugayan, episode number six here on a Thursday for you. So our show today, we are going to have a mother and daughter team. You know them from Survivor Blood versus Water. I'm very excited today to talk with Laura Moret and Sierra Easton live, and that's going to be a lot of fun talking with the two of them. And then we're going to be joined by the first lady of podcasting to get into your voicemails and everything that survivors are saying on social media. And God knows uh, there is a lot of that to discuss with you. So this week, of course, we had the crazy merge episode of Survivor. It was a lot of fun uh, to watch it. Last night, Stephen Fishback and I broke everything down on the Survivor know-it-alls. Of course, you can catch that on robhasawebsite.com and our YouTube channel at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. And today, I thought I had a very nice exit interview with Sarah, who had a lot of things to say. I thought she was pretty funny. So if you hadn't heard that yet either, that is also up on the website and bonus survivor podcast coming tomorrow. Just a heads up. Going to talk with Josh Wiggler about his list of the 10 greatest survivor strategic moments and talk a little bit about game of Thrones as well. And we have a way to tie that into survivor that's coming on Friday. Very exciting uh, month that we just finished up. Um, I was very proud of the numbers that we did in March 2014. We had over 330,000 podcast downloads just on Rob as a podcast, not even getting into anything with post-show recaps, which was which broke the old record by almost 100,000 for most podcast downloads in one month. So we really, really had a, a great, great month. So many different things going on that we're covering. So thanks to you guys for helping us out and break a record uh, this past month. And hopefully, you know, we still got all those shows going on here in April. And so who knows, maybe we'll break the record again this month. So let's go ahead and uh, let's get into our interview for today. All right, everybody, we got a very special treat for you guys today. This is going to be a lot of fun. We have actually two guests with us here today on our Survivor podcast. Uh, you know them both from Survivor Blood versus Water. Of course, Laura comes to us also from Survivor Samoa. Uh, so please welcome. They have a total three time appearances between them. Laura Moret and Sierra Easton. Hi. How are you guys doing? We're good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm very good. That uh, we did this with uh, John, Cody, and Candace a couple of weeks ago, and it was a lot of fun. So I am looking forward to another uh, two survivor interview at the same time. Okay, we'll do our best. Yes. All right. Well, how are you guys doing? First of all, what's up? How are you guys doing? First of all, we're doing good. We're doing good. She got back to reality. Put our weight back on. Finally, forgave her for voting me off. Oh, well, that was very nice of you. Uh, now, Laura, now, uh, I, I like that you have a pen and a pad in front of you. This is a, actually, I think a Rob is a podcast first. I've never had a, a guest who is, is going to be taking notes during the podcast. Yeah, and actually, if you can see it, it's Layla's 
my granddaughter's spelling words for the week. <laughs> and, and you're writing on the back? And I'm writing on the back, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm taking good notes. That's good. By the way, this also uh, this interview is uh, also being broadcast on our YouTube channel, so you can watch the video of this if you're listening to us uh, in the audio, and you can actually see Laura and Sierra in this conversation on our YouTube channel at robhaswebsite.com slash YouTube, okay? So, uh, all right, Laura and Sierra, let's get, let's talk about this season, uh, last night, because we, you, we're in luck, because this was one of the craziest episodes of Survivor that we've had here in, uh, probably from this, this season, and maybe going back to you guys, uh, picking, uh, rocks last season. Definitely. I think that, it's it's really fun watching a, a season of all new players. Like, I don't know about you, but I was watching it thinking I would have loved to have played with these people that are on there. It, it seems like Spencer, to me, is the only one so far with a really good idea of what has happened in the past. Everybody else, it seems like they're brand new. Well, I shouldn't say that. Tony. Yeah. Tony, is, Tony does a really good job, too. But it seems like these players are like, They've never seen the game played before, and they're like, well, what happens if we do this? It's like, have you not watched the show before to see what happens if you flip right after a merge? It's usually not a very good thing. So uh, I was going to say, too, um, when you're talking about the tribal being so intense, I was waiting. <laughs> like, I've been watching and waiting. Like, come on. Like, these tribals have been kind of predictable and, like, very boring, and we had so many intense mm-hmm. tribal councils. I was waiting for one. So to finally get to see, you know, I was excited going in and I wasn't disappointed coming out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the actual move and talk about if you liked it or not. So I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you guys uh, did not like the move for Cass to flip. Am I correct about that? Yes. I did not like it. Awful move. Awful move. Awful move. The way that she played the whole entire Oops! There goes my watch. That's exciting. Oh no! The way that she, <laughs> the way she played the the entire time up to tribal, the way she approached, um, see, I Sarah, the way she approached Sarah, I give Trish so much props because she walked up to um, Cass. Cass walked up to Sarah and said, "This is what we're gonna do," and Sarah said, "Nope, this is what we're gonna do," and they both wanted to be queen bees. Not Trish. Trish. Trish said, you tell me who I want you want gone and we'll send him away. I mean, that was brilliant the way that she did that. She was so smart the way she did it. Whereas Cass and was butting heads with Sarah the whole time. I liked Tasha. I really liked the way that Tasha was trying to be the mediator between the two of them saying, well, wait a second. What about this? The way that she was trying to cement the bond together. But what she didn't do is go back to Cass and say, look it, we got to keep Sarah tight with us and, and stroke, continue to stroke Cass and say, Cass, trust me, let's stay with it. But um, I think that for Cass, I mean, this is just my opinion. I think you always have to be thinking about if you're going to make a big move, you know, what is your outcome? Where are you going to be? And for Cass, I think she went from number one to maybe three in her alliance mm-hmm. to number six in another. Like it, you, she just dropped a ton of numbers. I don't understand the point. She was in such a great spot in her own alliance with the three brains. She just dropped to number six. And I think she did it all because emotional. Oh, yeah, it was she emotional. wasn't getting along. But not only that, I felt like she kind of did it to like out of um, like to puff her chest a little bit. Like she wanted to be like, hey, look at me. 
like Sarah was in a great spot. Now look, I'm in the spot and I get yeah. to make the move. It's like sometimes you don't always have to be the one to decide who goes home. Just like my whole theory, as long as it wasn't, as long as it's not me, you know, and like that was Sandra, as long as it's not me. And I think that she could have learned from that. It's just because the person she wanted to go home didn't go home. She had to right. flip. And, it, and it ultimately it just got her from spot one, two or three all the way down to six. Yeah. Now, one of the things that sort of come to light today, as Sarah's done some interviews, uh, specifically, I, I read you know, in the interview she did with your buddy Gordon Holmes, Sierra, that you do the power rankings with. By the way, who's who's winning in the power rankings? You were Gordon. Okay, this Gordon, season. Gordon is kicking my butt, but <laughs> but I gained ground this week. Okay, good. Okay? Right, and well, I am the underdog, and so do not count me out yet. Yeah, she never gives up. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dig deep. Um, dig deep. So. She said um, Sarah had talked about how she had an alliance with Spencer and Jeremiah. And one of the things that they were working on was a plan to get rid of Cass. Does that change anything for you? If down, if Sarah was working on Sarah was building a new alliance within that group and that she was going to be coming after Cass sometime soon. And again, these sometimes these things are Monday morning quarterback or, yeah, I could have, should have, would have. But do you think that does that change anything if Cass did start to feel like, hey, my alliance is starting to target me. I got to get the jump on them. OK, so here's what I'm going to say from my own experience. I had a reputation maybe being a flip flopper. Right. <laughs> and you you as viewers saw what you saw and you and you made your judgment. And so for me watching this episode, I tried to be very open minded about watching it because you don't get to see everything and you can assume that, you know, maybe Cass was in, you know, a great spot. That's what we all assumed. But maybe she wasn't. So like I can I can be open minded about it and I can say, okay, maybe there were some relationships being formed that we, that didn't, we didn't get to fully see. But at the same time, the way that I view it no matter how you cut it, at this point at the, in the merge, I almost would have waited to see it out first and then maybe make your move later. Because she had a couple weeks, I think, until that would have happened. Until you gained the numbers, and then you could have done it. So I don't think it matters how you cut it. I think it was a dumb move. But at the same time, I can be open-minded about, right. maybe we didn't, maybe the, the move had a little bit of more... Um, I don't know, background that we didn't get to witness. We don't get to see a lot, like who goes to the water well a lot together, who sleeps next to each other at night, who does, we don't get to see a lot of that interaction of who really naturally bonds. We just get to see some conversations. So assuming she might have been a little bit um, paranoid that she was going home, I agree with Sierra. I still don't care. You stifle that paranoia and you get your troops together and say, look it, we got to get these people gone. And then, you know, we're, we're a team of six here. Laura, I want to bring this back to Survivor Samoa because going back and doing my research, I think there was a similar situation that happened with you guys, uh, and which actually when you got voted out on Survivor Samoa was that there was a scenario, I guess there was 10 people left in the game. And so there were the four people from Russell's side and they had Shambo with them and they had five. And then you guys had five on Galoo. And so at that point in the game, they find that John Fincher wants to switch over or is thinking about switching over. And so ultimately they pull John Fincher over to uh, to vote against you. And they actually they go to rocks. But then in the revote, instead of pulling rocks, John Fincher uh, ends up going with the other with the other side. Can you talk about the uh, similar the similarities? I guess you would be the Sarah in this situation. Could you talk about uh, whether or not that is similar to this at all? It is similar. And if you recall, 
Russell, first off, came to me and said, hey, come with us, turn on your tribe. And I said, absolutely not, no. And then, because he already knew I knew he had the idol. And then he went to Monica and he said, hey, Monica, Monica Padella, not Culpepper. Right. Um, hey, I have the idol. Do you want to go with me? And Monica, once again, said, oh, I don't know. And then he went to John. So we all knew that he was trying to get somebody. We already knew Shamba was locked in. And so that was a little bit of a difference is we, it, there, was, there was more awareness that they were trying to get more people to switch. But um, with John, it, it was kind of the same thing. We went to the vote. It was a tie vote. We knew, I knew the minute that it was um, a tie vote, vote and we were going to go again, that John was going to flip. There's no way he would have drawn rocks for me. But that's what was the frustrating part was we kept telling them, if anybody flips, you're going to be the next one gone. You are the next one gone because they're gonna. We're giving them the numbers, so hold, have some kahunas like Sierra did, right? Hold strong and make them draw rocks. And the one with the smallest kahunas folded. <laughs> and and then what ha What happened to John Fincher after after he flipped and voted with the other side? He joined me at the Ponderosa. <laughs> he was the next one to go out. Um, do you feel like that a similar thing could happen with Cass? Um, now, that was probably, I don't think she's going to go out next week, but you have to imagine, you know, you had Cochran in Survivor South Pacific. You have this instance with uh, Fincher where he flips around 10. Do you think that Cass is going to suffer a similar fate to these two guys? Here's why I don't think she does. Uh, opposite of what I just said, because at this point, everybody wants to take Cass with them to the final because she's not getting anybody's vote. Interesting. She's tipping so many people off. If I was there, I would be, I would be saying, "Oh, Cass, it's me and you. Let's go to the end." Because anybody can beat Cass at this point. There's a lot of game left. I know there's a lot of game left, but I think that at this point, I would be saying, "Cass, if you want to gain favor, we we need to get a group together and start." So start building up your resume a little bit better than what it is now. So if she can make it through these next couple of tribals without getting voted out, she has a great shot, if you want to be a goat, of being somebody's goat and getting carried to, I think it's the final two. I rumor had it they only have two this season. I could be wrong. But getting to the final because everybody's going to want to sit next to Cass at this point. I kind of have a different viewpoint. <laughs> oh well, let me just let me just say about that. That's actually uh, interesting, and uh, we hadn't we hadn't thought about that yet. About that is cast somebody that you would want to try to take with you to the end. Um, th that's a, a different spin on it, and actually, I have to uh, think about that for a little bit because it it is a good idea. But uh, let me hear what Sierra has to say, and then we'll we'll talk more about this. Okay, I I, I can see that viewpoint, but at the same time. I have learned from experience that when you do flip, it makes it so difficult for anybody to trust you. I couldn't see somebody trusting her enough to take her that far because in my mind, I would be thinking, okay, you know, me and Cass, final two, final three, I, I would beat Cass. The issue is along the way, is Cass going to turn on you? And I think that that's going through everybody's mind is you can't, you can't trust her. And, and I've seen in a lot of situations, I think about Tyson, Jervis, and Monica, you don't ever trust anybody 100%, but they had enough trust in each other to know, okay. They don't trust anybody ever 100%. But at, this, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm just saying you have to trust somebody to get to the end. You have to. And I could see Cass 
not nobody trusts her at this point. Everybody knows she's a flip flopper. Nobody wants to take her that far because they're worried that she'll screw them over. Yeah, this is a good point about the debate over can you bring somebody with you to the end? I mean, my kind of gut feeling is that that this is too far from the end to start feeling like, okay, I'm going to drag this person with me to the end. But we've seen it done before, like Boston Rob with Philip. And uh, I guess you could even say, and maybe tell me if, if this is incorrect, uh, Tyson and Jervis with Monica. was Were they thinking about uh, let, let's get to the end with Monica because we can beat her from this point in the, in the game? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like to say yes, and I, I'd have never actually really talked to Tyson or Jervis about when the point was where they decided that it was going to be Monica with them. Well, I think they even said early, it. But early on, they were all about getting rid of Monica. Right at the right at the merge, it was Monica gone, Monica gone, Monica gone. And, and I have never had a conversation with Tyson where I asked him, was that just – you know, what, so we didn't know how close you and Monica and Jervis were. Or were you really ever going to vote her out? Because there was a few weeks when Monica was supposed to go. But and even in but in Tyson's confessional, he said, "Look, it, we need to send Laura to Redemption Island." And Tyson and Ara said, "We need to send Laura to Redemption Island so she can beat Brad, so that Monica will have to come to us, and so that Monica will have nowhere else to go." Oh, I do, I do believe so, that there was an element of everybody wanted to take Monica to the end. I mean, it wasn't some genius move by Tyson and Jervis to take Monica. It was known around camp that everybody wanted Monica at the end. The issue was, I, I don't know if I believe that that was their plan from day right. one of the merge. Right. I don't know if I believe that that was their plan. Yeah, this is a, a really good point about can you go ahead and be the be the GOAT? Because I kind of feel like if you are aware enough to say, hey, I can't win everybody can beat me. I kind of feel like that person is never the goat. I feel like the goat tends to think like, oh, I can win, but everybody else is like, like for instance, like the Philip. I don't think the Philip says to Boston Rob, hey, look, I can't win. Bring bring me to the end. It's sort of like somebody says, oh, nobody's going to, nobody, that person's getting no votes. So I'm going to bring know, them with me. You know who the goat was that won? Who? My season in Samoa. White. Yeah, that everybody felt. Yeah, here's what Natalie White did. She was a brilliant goat because she said in her speech, "Y'all, there's no way I could have gotten to this end. I don't camp. I don't. I'm not. You know, I can't do this athleticism. I don't. Can't win challenges. So I knew I had to attach my. She confessed to being. I had to attach to myself." To somebody that could get me to the end and that was my strategy and I'm sorry if you don't like it but that's what I had to do and Eric Cardona summed it up perfectly when he said this is such a dilemma is who played a worse game Russell who was just awful to everybody but here he is at the end or Natalie that didn't really do much but her strategy was connecting herself to somebody that she knew that could and it worked and it worked so cheers for the goat she did it yeah who who looked at each other as the goat? I guess that's the that's the question. <laughs> um, so how would how would Cass be able to take the situation that she's in and potentially say to people, "Hey, take me to the end because I can't win the game because every everybody's mad at me. You'll definitely win if you go up against me." I mean, does how does she go about doing that? I, I would say what Cass needs to do is buy herself time at this point. Mm -hmm. And so she solidified herself as number six in her alliance. So if it were me, I would just be focused on getting to six because you know that's going to buy you five more tribals. And then within that time that you bought yourself, that's when you have to start finding the cracks in that five above you. 
But at this point, for her to make any move, big move, the, the, that, that will make her gone. She needs to lay low from this point and get herself to the number six spot that she set herself up for. And then in the meantime, try and find cracks, try and build more relationships, and then see where she can go. Because the reality is, is if anybody sees her playing too hard again, they're all going to vote her out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get voted out for either being a, a threat. So someone's going to say, this person's a threat. We need to get him off the island. Or for being somebody that you don't trust. You know, like we, we're, she's a flip-flopper. We're not going to trust her. And so they already know that she's a flip-flopper and she's not a trust. I mean, she, she's not a threat. So she definitely needs to just lay low. But if, but if she wanted, if we're sticking with the GOAT theme, if she wanted to present herself as somebody's GOAT, hey, take me to the end, I can't win, her best bet is to get under somebody like Tony or LJ and say, like, hey, Trish. take care of me. Like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Show me the ropes. Like, that, that, if she wants to be the GOAT, I'm so scared. I, I don't know what to do. And, and really make them feel like, you guys tell me whatever you want me to do, and I will do it because, oh, my gosh, my team is coming after me big time. I am I – I have nothing else to lose at this point. But the problem is I don't think that's who Cass is as a person. Like, I, I feel like Cochran, the, he could have got away with that. He would he could have said, yeah. you know, coach, whatever you wanted, I'll, I'll vote whoever you want me to do. I'm just a vote in your pocket. You know, take me to the end. And they still didn't. But I feel like Cass is so fiercely independent. Like, when yeah. Tony starts telling her, like, uh, okay, Cass, we're going to vote this way this week. And then she's going to be like, uh, well, hold on a second, because I would rather uh, vote out this person. I couldn't see her playing the go, but I'm just saying, if she wanted to, she would need to suck it up, and that's yeah. probably what she would need to do, but I, I couldn't see her doing that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Let's talk a little bit about Tony, because a lot of people have compared Tony to Russell Hans, uh this season and the way that he's played the game. Laura, you played with Russell famously. Do you see any of Russell in Tony? None. None? Oh, maybe tattoos. Maybe they have tattoos. <laughs> That's about none whatsoever. Russell, his goal was to be mean and um, biting and be this big character. But he's stupid because, again, he gets to the end and then nobody likes him because he was mean and biting. And it's just like, you're an idiot. Nobody's going to vote for you. Tony's playing such a better game in the, in yes. the sense that he you can tell people like him. He's not personal about it. He doesn't make personal attacks. But he he's playing a great, great strategic game. He's playing hard. So he's going to get props for this guy is playing this game hard. But he's not doing it on a personal – he's not doing it on a personal le level. He's just – no, and I'm, look at—he's a—he's a police. My father-in-law was a retired LAPD detective. I think. Did you have somebody? My my dad was uh, in the NYPD for almost thirty years. Okay, so NYPD, LAPD. So I have tons of respect for cops. Tony has this—he's a stand-up guy. Even though I know he swore on his badge, it's a game. This is a game, people. This is a game of Survivor. There are lines that you sometimes cross, and I know that that's that some more people have issues with it than others. But Tony, compared to Russell, is not even not even close. What's Tony is a way better player than Russell, hands down. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like Russell. I would say, yeah, Russell beat him if he did. But I am. <laughs> No. <laughs> so what is what is it about Tony that makes him better than Russell? I believe I, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me that I've noticed is every time Russell play plays, he never plays to win. 
ever. I don't know why he goes out there. He's playing a game where, okay, you can make it to the final three two times. Big deal. You will never win with your strategy. The game isn't, let's see who can make it to final three the most. The game is who can win Soul Survivor. So it's so frustrating for me. But Tony, on the other hand, you can tell more so than just being a little bit loud and playing hard like Russell plays. Like my mom said, he's also playing strategically and relationships very smart. If you watch him around camp, he's very kind to people. You see mm -hmm. him joking with people. People want to be around him. Um, he seems to be being himself around camp. Russell was very two-faced. If you watch his confessionals, he's some loud guy who has so much to say, but then when you watch him around camp, he's this little mouse who's scared of everybody. And that's exactly, if you go back and if you watch, you have nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon. Go back and take, watch the Samoa footage. Very rarely will you see Russell talking strategy with us, tribe members. Very rarely did he do that. I mean, I don't even think he talked strategy with me. He just came in and bossed me around and told me to vote his way because he had an idol, and I well, told him no. What about the people but, on his side? Did he talk, did he talk strategy? Like I, I get that you were on the other the other well, side, and maybe so he doesn't I want to strategize with you. I wasn't there the first half of the game, but you do, what I watched. You didn't see a lot of interaction. You just saw him on camera going, I'm the king of the island. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And then he goes back to camp and he's like, you know, like a little troll in the woods, not talking to anybody. I think, too, I'm going to give Tyson props for the way that, that Tyson played the game is when you're playing, yeah. you have to be aware of the jury. That is a huge element in this game is the jury. And Tyson was very, very aware of, of his relationship with each person that was going to the jury. Russell could care less. And I see that right. in Tony. I see Tony has built a relationship, you know, with who just went home? Sarah. Sarah. But he did cheer when she left. Yes. That, oh, that, let's talk about that. But, but, but they did bond over something. You don't know how people are going right. to vote. He, she could vote bitter, bitter and, and let's say Tony makes it to the final three or two or whatever and not vote because she's voting bitter. Or she could vote because she's like, wow, with the time I did spend with Tony, you know, we bonded right. over this. You just don't know. But I'm just saying he seems to be more aware of his relationship. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think that going out of the game, I, I don't don't suspect that Sarah is bitter with Tony at this point in time. Now, maybe she comes home and watches the episodes and sees the stuff about how he lied to her about the badge and stuff like that. But I suspect she doesn't, she probably wouldn't find any of that stuff out before yeah, day 39. He hasn't really been mean-spirited. He did, he did swear on his badge and then, and then go back from it. But he wasn't mean-spirited. He hasn't said mean-spirited things about him. He's just playing the game hard. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference. But, you know, I will say that um, the jury is still at, still at, no pun intended, the jury is still out a little bit on Tony because we don't know, like, if he is going to make a run to the end of the game, we don't know how he's going to treat the other people along the way. And, you know, is he going to be rude to people on their way out of the game? We still don't know that yet about him. So you it's know, hard he, to say. He made one comment to Trish that, you, that when, he, when Trish was talking about, let me go over there and talk to my relationship. And he made a comment like, no, no, she's just going to play you. He kind of, he kind of was condescending a little bit to Trish, like, no, you're, you're not smart enough to go over there and talk to him. And I noticed that Trish didn't seem to be rubbed wrong by that. So that, set, that really meant a lot to me that maybe she, had, she must really have a good relationship with Tony because it didn't rub her the wrong way when he was saying, no, 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 little girl, this is too big for you. You can't handle this. And she didn't take it that way. So... He must be doing something right over there with the um, relationships. Yeah. 
and then ultimately she was able to handle it which is the irony of it and she yeah but let's talk about that scene at the tribal council because i can't remember another tribal like that where they where they like they started clapping after the vote and the clapping actually started um when lj played his idol that so Tony goes up and he plays the idol for LJ. LJ goes up, he plays the idol for Tony. And then they're like, oh, this is great. And then they count the votes. And then it's the sixth vote for Sarah. And then they sort of burst out in applause. Um, you guys, uh, you know, both played in some polarizing times. I, I guess uh, for either of you, if you're the, uh, the side of the alliance or the side of the tribal politics that you weren't on, was clapping after somebody from your group got voted out at tribal council. How would that change things for you? Well, Russell did when I got voted out. Oh, he clapped. Oh, not only did he clap. Yeah. I don't, I'm sure if you go back and watch some of the footages, you know, the ones that they show online, when they voted my name out, he was clapping. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got her like this. And he was like celebrating. So yeah, he did. He did celebrate quite largely when I got sent. I have something to say too, which is why my, my experience is different. That would never happen. Well, not never very unlikely that that would happen during a redemption Island season because that person could be coming back. So if you're clapping, you're probably pretty right. dumb to be yeah. celebrating that somebody's coming back because when they do come back and they saw you clapping, you know, so my, my experience was a little bit different because at the tribals, when somebody would leave, the thought was always they could be returning. Yeah, that's very interesting to, to see that sort of thing. And by the way, if you want to catch uh, Laura's season, that uh, that Survivor Samoa is one of the seasons available on Hulu Plus. If you want to uh, check that out, and you can get two weeks free of Hulu Plus at uh, HuluPlus.com slash Rob. There you go. That was uh, one of our sponsors last month. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, some of some of these other players in the game. One of the other questions that I got from a lot of people was comparing somebody else in this game to somebody from Survivor Samoa. And some people have been comparing Cass to Shambo. And so I want to see if you think that's a valid comparison because we have... This last week was the first time when she was talking with Trish that I was like, oh my gosh, that totally reminds me of Shambo. Um... Shambo was a very, very emotional player, and she would stomp her feet and pout if people didn't listen to her. And I think with Cass, and again, I based on just my watching her, being one of the older players, I think, and being educated, she's an attorney, she has this kind of chip and arrogance, like, I have some world experience, and you guys need to listen to what I'm saying. And when we're coming in and not listening to what she's saying, i.e. Sarah, she's getting so frustrated with that. And you can see it. You can hear it in her tone. I hear Shambo in her tone when she talks. And the, the way that she doesn't think game, she just thinks emotional. And she just thinks, this, this girl's driving me crazy. I, I want, like she said, I want to punch her in the face. How ridiculous is that? Get a grip. Keep it together. You're in a game. Punch her in the face later, but she can't control her emotions like Shambo couldn't. So good analogy because I felt that just this last. Well, 
how do you no. deal how do you deal with somebody that's that's like that who oh. is not going is you know is very emotional has a tendency to flip to the other side um she also feels like she's alienated from the la- the larger group now and now she, like shambo she has put the her side in a numerical disadvantage well you're asking the wrong person because i got voted out shambo actually went further than me but what I would have done differently is, and, and you can see it time and time again, I would go to Shambo and say, Shambo, look at, you know, you are included. And she just, she, once she gets her mindset that that's the way it's going to be, there's no getting around it. And that's just what happens when you play with people like that. So I don't know. Tell me what I need to do. What do I need to do with people like that? I, I, can't, I can't figure it out. <laughs> well, I, I don't know necessarily. I think you just have, you have to, you have to keep them feeling good. Uh, and that's, that's the problem that I don't know if the people in her own alliance necessarily knew how upset she was because she was upset about Sarah, but I don't think anybody was coming to her from her side to say, Hey, Cass, are you okay? Is everything good? Is everything good with you? Are you comfortable with what we're doing? And maybe because they didn't do that sort of check in with her, that's why she ends up flipping. Did yeah. you guys have to do that sort of stuff with? Shambo, did you have to go in and check in with her and see how she's feeling and take her temperature constantly? The boys did all the time, and that's why the boys definitely had the trust from Shambo, and that's why she stuck with the boys, meaning um, especially Eric. She loved Eric. Eric and Brett, Dave Ball not so much. They didn't, they didn't get along as well, but Eric and Brett were constantly reaffirming Shambo. Shambo, look at I know you guys aren't getting along, but let's let's hold it together and stay together. But you know, some people just can't they can't look past their personal feelings and it's to their demise, like what happened with Cass. And unfortunately I I don't know. I mean I don't know the outcome, but I would be surprised if um, Cass wins. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if she goes to the end, like I said, because somebody may want to take her at this point. But um, I'd be surprised if she wins. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about the people who are making the, the mistakes. But who, in your opinion, are the people that you think have a shot to really go far here? Who do you, who do you think is able to make it to the end? You can go. Okay. So I love Trish. I think Trish, as, as much as she, you can hear the, I know, the viewers don't like her and I know that a lot of the cast members or the you can see that the, her other tribe mates have issues with her. But let me tell you something. That girl is doing good. Not only, here's what I liked. Not only was she wise enough to go to Cass and say, you tell us who you want to do it and we'll do it. She must have some type of power because she was able to go back to her tribe and convince her entire tribe, let's all vote Sarah. They must trust her because how do they know Sarah wasn't blowing smoke? And I mean, Cass wasn't blowing smoke, and Cass wasn't just saying, oh, yeah, we'll vote out Sarah, and then they waste their votes. So her, so she must have some huge amount of trust and power to go back and get all of her teammates to vote for Sarah. Love that. She's very observant. She noticed that the rift was between them when she was at the fire. Um, her downfall, though, is, is she's kind of like Cass in that point where she is aggressive. I mean, who one right here am I talking about aggressive women? But um, we recognize that in each other. And so sometimes it's nothing that you do on purpose, it's just something that you put off. And but 
the good part is, is she's on the tribe with Tony and um, Wu. She has all those big guys who are looking at this probably 90-pound woman at this point going, you are no threat to me. You are no physical threat to me. But you can't do that in the game because what if they have to hang on a pole? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Then she's staying up there forever. But but I think that they're not seeing her as a physical threat. But isn't that good? That is. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. great that they're not seeing her as a physical threat. But yet she's still. But at the same time, we've seen a side of Trish with like Lindsay that was so um, dumb. And like, I just thought Lindsay was a baby. Hard to. Okay. Let's just say Lindsay's a baby. Lindsay's the biggest. Fine. Trish handled it so, so, so wrong. I just, I just have a heart. I just see in her, like you said, she's, I feel like she's also emotionally playing the game. I feel like if Tony or if somebody were to do something or say something to her, I feel, feel like her alliance would crumble. Just how Well, actually let's let's talk about Lindsay for a second because in survivor blood versus water, uh, Laura, you were on the tribe with Colton who ultimately ended up quitting the game, different circumstances. But I think that the common denominator is that both of them felt like, okay, I can't win the game. There's no point uh, for me being here. Do you give Trish any strategic credit for really forcing the issue for making making her come out of the game maybe and maybe in in the same way that some of the guys from survivor blood versus water maybe led to colton voting himself out of the game by quitting tons because you know what trish ultimately won they were fighting trish and Lindsay were fighting this whole time and trish won i mean she won the battle she got her to quit whether she did it on purpose that i'm sure that wasn't her intent to get her to quit on purpose. I don't, I'm not saying that that was her intent. But what I'm saying is Lindsay comes out of the game and she's talking about how, you know, she did it for her daughter and how it was a good example and how tough that she really is. No, you're not. A tough person doesn't necessarily just, a tough person learns how to resolve the issue, not necessarily like she said, I'm just walking away because I would have beat her up. How immature is that? That's ridiculous. So Colton, on the other hand, when he was, he was frustrated because he was trying to start drama around the camp. And I would say, don't talk to me. And Jervis would say, don't talk to me. And Aris would say, don't talk to me. And Tina would say, don't talk to me. And Kat would be the only one that would interact with them. And they would just be fighting like <laughs> kids in the backseat of the car over your hand touched my hand. And that's as the parents were like, Seriously, neither one of you are going to get ice cream if you guys don't stop fighting. And finally, I pulled Kat alongside the beach, and I said, Kat, I'm going to just tell you something. If you don't stop fighting with him, you're going to go home because we are tired of you guys fighting all day. And to Kat's credit, Kat did. Kat is the one that I credit with why Colton quit is because Kat finally said, Colton, say what you want. I am done talking to you. And when he saw he couldn't manipulate Kat anymore, that is when he quit. So um, I, you know, I want to just give Kat props for that because I know she gets a lot of flack for some things. But that's I credit her for having him quit. But it's frustrating playing with people that quit. Very interesting. Um, Sierra, now this season we had a professional athlete play uh, in this season with uh, Cliff R- Cliff Robinson. Uh, was there any sort? We saw a lot of the people looking up to Cliff Robinson. Uh, was that similar to how things were with Brad Culpepper, where the people in the in the tribe just gravitated to him? 
Okay. <laughs> Who's Brad Culpepper? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, Cliff Robertson, Brad Culpepper. Like, the second I saw Cliff Robertson, I mean, we are from Oregon. Rip City. So we do. We are Blazer lovers. So Cliff is like, ah. When I heard Brad Culpepper, I literally Googled, like, Brad. Everybody thinks that's Dante Culpepper. He's black, right? And I'm like, no, it's Brad Culpepper. I think he played for the Bengals or somebody. <laughs> so it is, it is not. Uh, I believe I, I believe he was with the uh, the Vikings and and the Bucks and the Bears. I think just the Red Sox. No, 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 no. <laughs> but okay, I will use this. This um, Brad Culpepper, being an athlete, wanted to lead a team. I mean, he wanted he would rally the troops. It yeah. would be come on, guys! Like I'm gonna tell you all my football stories and we and we all let him take that rollover and I could definitely see in Cliff maybe like uh, um, he wanted to have a united team like I don't know I, I almost felt like when they would look to him for challenges and kind of little things like that but Brad was so much more um, loud about <laughs> it and like very upfront with his role as leader. I didn't really see Cliff ever step up as a leader. And I almost wonder if that was maybe a downfall for him because he was so likable. He was so likable. And then at the same time, you never, I didn't even see him strategize one time. I mean, like, like it was almost Jervis like, didn't either, remember? Okay, I know, I know, Jervis didn't either, but I, I just, I wish, I think maybe he should have I'm stopped. not making a black comparison. <laughs> that was I nice. wasn't sure, yeah. <laughs> I almost wonder if Cliff would have stepped into the role of, like, being the leader a little bit more if it would have gotten him further in the game. Because Tony stepped right into that role and people started listening to him. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but yeah, Brad Culpepper and, and Cliff, I I Okay, I've got a bunch of questions here for you guys, and uh, well, you know, there's so many more things that we could talk about, but let's get into some of the questions from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast. This comes to us on our from our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Rob Has a Podcast. Let's uh, let's go ahead and let's start with uh, Gavin Costello, uh, and he has a question, and he wants to know: Is there anything that Spencer can do to flip this game back again? Uh, who should he try to flip and when? Oh, how does Spencer get back in the game? I know you guys are big Spencer fans. I love Spencer. I love Spencer. What is it about uh, him that you guys like so much? Well, remember that once I'm a, I'm a challenge junkie, right? So when I see people doing good on challenges, I'm like, that's who I want on my team. Do you remember that one in the swimming one when they had to dive down and untie the things and come back up and do it? He did the whole entire thing because the girls couldn't even go down. So he would he'd bring the block back up, set it back down there, and Jeff would go in. Spencer's going again. So he's good at challenges. He's smart. I've not heard one person say one negative thing about him. Early, early on, too, I, I, he, I watched him. He knows when to hold his tongue and when to lay low. Like at the beginning with like David going home at the very early, early stages in the game. And then also as you watch, he's kind of let Tasha and Cass make some of the decisions. But mm -hmm. you know he has it in him to be vocal because we've seen his preseason interviews. When I saw his preseason interview, I did not like him. I'm like, this guy is an idiot. But then as you watch, he knows he knows what how to hold that in and when to voice and when to not. But in regards to what he can do. I wonder if his best move 
Uh, Sarah said it in her interviews, and you've kind of witnessed that maybe Spencer is close with Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. So if it were me, I would keep my Tasha, because you know Tasha has your back, and I would keep my Jeremiah, and I would Bring see, and you have Morgan, even though Morgan and Jeremiah had bad blood, if we can maybe bring in the beauties, maybe Jeffra, maybe LJ, I don't know, but I, I would maybe go the route of trying to get the beauties, because I feel like the brawn, they're going to stick together. I feel like Tony and Trish, and then I, and, and Wu, I feel like the three of them are pretty um, tight. So I would maybe focus on, on the beauties and the, the relationship he has with Jeremiah and use Jeremiah's relationship with the beauties. All right, two follow-ups. Uh, as far as Spencer being able to hold his tongue, he did not do such a good job at the tribal council last night. After the votes were read, I think he he, he was like, way to go, Cass, that you, re you have zero chance I, to win now. I, guarantee, I, I disagree. I don't feel like he needed to hold his tongue in that instance. Obviously, they were going to be pissed. It was no secret. Like, I would be like, what the F just happened? <laughs> I don't think that in that instance he needed to hold his tongue. I, I, I don't. I feel like when he needs to, he does. Because at that moment, he clearly was going to be upset. And obviously everybody knew Cass can't win now. I mean, like, she, if she does, I will be, I will be blown away. But, but I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like that was an instance where he needed to. On the other hand, I say kudos to Jeffra right after that happened how she leaned over to Cass and totally call her out, right, just confirming just because she doesn't know, Cass could come back and say it wasn't me, but just confirming. She goes, Cass, thank you so much. Call an outlet. Thanks for flipping for me, girl. But was that strategy? I think it was, it, it no, works. I yeah. I have an issue with Jeffra. What is you that? Like I do like her. Like, if I were out there with her, a total uh, friend, she seems very sweet. But what is she doing? Like, the girl, like, seems like she's out there with no concept of, like, anything like she doesn't want to make any moves she doesn't want to stir the pot at all like we're playing survivor like i just i don't see any strategy when she made that comment to Cass, great it was a great comment but did it seem like she intentionally said it no it just seemed like she really was emotionally a wreck and was about to cry and thanked the girl like it didn't yeah, seem but like you there don't was all, but from my experience you don't always want to be making moves you want to just make sure that you're not in the crossfires and I think that it's, and people will say it's playing under the radar. So what, so what do you want her to do? Run out there in the middle of the road and start waving your arms around like, wait, I got a big move to do. No, if people are making big moves and you know that you're not the one in the crosshairs, sit back and let him go. I agree with that. But at the same time, let's just, Jeffrey can go as far as she wants to go. Unless she does right. something, right. she has to start building her resume for the end. Right. It doesn't have to be something huge, right? And maybe she'll, but just, maybe she'll draw rocks like Just she did. something she could say, oh, wait a second, guys, when she's sitting in front of the jury. I did d convince LJ and Trish to do this, and I did decide to do this. Like, she has to start thinking that way. There has to be something she does. At this point, she's the go. Yeah. Well, maybe she says, I'm going to go to the end with Tony, and I'm going to be Natalie White. Yeah, and but then that's where but I Tony's like Tony. no Russell. Yeah, yeah just kidding. She doesn't know who Natalie White is. Yeah, and Tony's no Russell, and... You know what? And you never know. Like I said, you got to wait. You you got to choose when you're going to make your moves. And I don't think that you can necessarily always force a move. Sometimes in the game that you play, you just some people don't ever get the opportunity to necessarily say, "Now's my chance." Like the obvious with Cass and Sarah. And also for Jeffra, and maybe we just didn't see it. But if I knew my name were on the chopping block, which I, I don't even know if she really did. Well, she has. You have to assume that it is at all times. 
instead of having Trish go talk to Cass, I would have been a little bit more proactive in saving my own butt. Like I just didn't see, I don't see her ever um, fighting or like, or like building any relationships. Really, I think she was clueless that her name was brought up. I think they were all like, yeah, I agree. Like, you're going for her. You have these big macho guys, and you go for our tiny little blonde. What the heck? So I think yeah, they were all caught true. off guard. Which was why it was kind of a brilliant move for them to do it if Cass wouldn't have flipped. Yeah. Now, for Spencer, going back to the Spencer thing, should Cass still be on the table for them? Should those guys try to work on bringing Cass back into the fold and say, okay, look, no harm, no foul. Sarah's gone. We've learned we've learned the error of our ways. Come back with us, Cass. Or should they just write her off that forget about Cass and work on a new plan? Don't write her off. I wouldn't write her off. I don't think you should ever write. No. What they should be doing is saying, it's okay, Cass. You know, she won't believe them. Come on. It doesn't matter if she doesn't believe them. They should still do it. They should appear like they're open to it. That's just what they should do. But they should also know that there's no way that Cass is going to believe that they forgave her. But there's doesn't matter. In this game, you don't know what's going to happen. In two seconds, Tony could go, Tony and Trish could turn on Cass, and then Cass has nobody. But if you had Cass, maybe stroking her a little bit and saying, it's okay, come back, and she has nothing to fall back on. She's going to come back to you. I just don't right. feel like you should close the door. Right. You want to give like, the open door. But I, but at the same time, if I were Spencer and Tasha, I would never trust her. Right. But I, but they should appear to be open, I would I would think. And that just goes along with how good of a Tyson liar are you? <laughs> you know, can you convince, perfect example, the boy wrote my name down three times, three times, and I still believed, I still trusted him and believed him because he was an amazing player. He made you feel like, Laura, trust me. I know I wrote your name down and I know this, but, you know, we, we got your back. We got your back. And everybody felt like they were closest to Tyson. Yes. Everybody. So it depends on, I'm not saying that it can't be done, but that's a, that's a, a honed skill that Tyson has there. And I don't know if Tasha and Spencer can do that. They're awfully smart. Um, but with Spencer's comment, it doesn't. I don't know if after that comment, he he could ever right. really like come right. back from that. But at the same time, I don't blame him for saying it. I hope that we answered your question, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question from Vincent Lee, and a lot of people had this question. Uh, not not exactly phrased the same way, but let me let me give you the question. Uh, after the final duel on Redemption Island last season, which Laura M won, uh, John Cody mentioned that in hindsight he should have taken his socks off for a better grip. Uh, maybe he should have just worn his trainers. Uh, Wu clearly had an unfair advantage in the immunity challenge last night. Are there any rules as to what is allowed and what isn't allowed, or does Jeff just make it up as he goes along? So I got this question in about you know thirty different ways uh, in the last uh, twelve hours or so. Everybody in that doghouse challenge last night was all barefoot except for Wu, who had the who had basically the shoes, and it was like the sort of like. Uh, shoes that have like the like the individual the sleeves individual for each toe. Yes, yeah. and and yes, and people wanted to know why did Wu have those shoes and nobody else did, and everybody else was barefoot in that challenge. Um, that just has to do with what clothes he brought out there. You know, obviously, there's so much that goes into wardrobe that can't be discussed, but those were his game shoes that he had. Before every challenge, you are allowed as much time as you need to ask any question that you want. You can say, can we do the shoes on or off? And um, 
sometimes they even let you practice. Like on my la my very, very last challenge where I had to put my foot on the thing and balance it, they let us decide what leg we wanted to use, what was a stronger leg. So you have the option whether you want to do it with shoes or without shoes, and it's your personal choice on what you decide. On my pole challenge, John actually did start off with his shoes on. And he had his shoes on, but he has said <laughs> his feet were huge, and the little things were so tiny that you had to put your feet on. He thought, the rubber in my shoe won't even fit in this. So he kicked it off, went down to his socks, and then that was even worse for him. So you do get a chance. It was just smart of Lou to say, I'm doing this with my shoes. Yeah, I went back and I was looking at what footwear they all had, and everybody else sort of had like regular sneakers. So a uh, Woo had a very smart footwear choice uh, to, to wear those. If you, if either of you went back and played Survivor again, would you go with those kind of shoes for the shoes that you would wear? No, they're ugly. <laughs> That's why for aesthetic. Never sacrifice beauty for comfort. I mean, come on! I you don't want to be seen in the show with those aqua aqua fin shoes on. Are you kidding me? Ciara, that's the same for you. Yeah, they creep me out. The individual toes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're good because I had the hardest time with keeping like sneakers dry on there. It's like your sneakers get wet, and it takes like you know you three days for them to dry. Do you wear Birkenstocks? Uh, no. How come they're so comfortable? No, I never even I never even heard of them. Yes, you have. No, I don't. <laughs> I just had regular sneakers. Uh, that we had like they dry quick. Yeah, we had good shoes. Okay, uh, here's a question from Ari Feinberg. Okay, let's go back to uh, uh, going back to the comparison to Shambo. So, Laura, in your game in Samoa, like Sarah, uh, you were accused of bullying by Shambo. Actually, last night, uh, Sarah accused Cass of bullying, and Cass also accused uh, Sarah of bullying. What do you think of the use of this term in reality TV? Do you think there are any real cases of bullying, or is the term just completely overused? I am so tired of this word bullying because it's totally just diminished when somebody in real life, not on a reality show, but in in school, when these kids are really actually getting bullied, everybody's just throwing it around now as just like, someone, somebody else. Bull it's like the boy that crawled, cried wolf. No one's going to come anymore. Bully, bully. Like Monica Culpepper was bullied. Yeah. That, too much, <laughs> too much uh, the bullying talk. I agree. You should, so you got to put a dollar in the jar every time you say somebody was bullied on reality TV. Okay. How about uh, this question from Jennifer Knott? She wants to know, Tribal Council seems to have become a place over the last few seasons where people are being more daring and not coming in and executing a typical plan that most are aware of. What is Sierra's view on how Tribal Council has changed over recent seasons, particularly in light of the rock drawing incident last season? And this is something that we've talked about a lot of our survivors becoming more, has the game evolved now to the point where tribal council matters more than ever because people, instead of where in the early seasons, okay, this is what the plan is, and no matter what happened on tribal council, somebody could murder somebody else at tribal council, but the people, the vote would stay the same because that's what everybody decided beforehand. Now we see more and more people uh, like yourself changing their decisions at tribal council. Do you think this is really a thing that the, how the game has evolved now? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, one thing about this season that irritated me so much was um, when Jatia was told that it was probably going to be her and she threw the rice away in the fire. Okay, let's stop for a second. 
Has she not been watching what happens at Tribal Council? Like, the game is not over until your torch is snuffed. It's just not. And so when you're told you're going home, let's use Hayden now, like, from my season as an example. Hayden knew it was probably going to be him. And instead of going and destroying everybody's everything and, and throwing a fit, being a jerk, he, he went into Tribal Council and said, "We, I'm going to make something happen. Because... Nobody knows what is going to happen. I don't know why it's evolved that way. Maybe Jeff has gotten way better at his job because he asked the question that is like, oh, just the perfect question that you just want to be like, yeah, well, wait a second. You know, like he just asked the right questions. The timing is intense. Everybody's wondering everything. For me in particular, a question maybe that I hadn't been thinking about might be brought up by Jeff, or it might be the way somebody answered a question, the way Jervis answers, and Jervis counts out, oh, yeah, I know we got us, one, two, three, four, and points to me at four, then I'm like, idiot. Like, you just told me I was a four. So it's And true. Tyson was behind her, rubbing her back, going, it's okay, Sierra. It's Literally. Okay. Literally. <laughs> and Monica and Jervis are like, you're four. I'm like, Tyson, I love you, but I'm not uh -huh. stupid. So anyway... It's true, and, and this season, you saw it with Jutia, it just made me so frustrated because it's never over, and especially in Tribal Council, anything, anything could happen. It could switch out a second, just with one word that somebody answers a question the wrong way, somebody looks at you the wrong way, um, anything, anything, anything could change that. And, and believe me, if you look at somebody the wrong way, and Jeff sees you looking at somebody the wrong way, oh, he's going to call you out, and he's going to say, Laura. I just noticed that you looked over there and rolled your eyes, looked at Sierra and rolled your eyes. Looks like you might have some animosity. And he totally calls out, even if it wasn't there, even if I was rolling my eyes because I had something in it. And then all of a sudden there's that question as, why is Laura rolling her eyes? Is she not, doesn't believe this? And he puts doubt in people's mind when you walk, go to these tribals and you feel so secure. That's why I just would stare into the fire and just listen. I was just like, don't look at me, Jeff. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm not doing anything. But, yeah, and you saw it with Caleb and Brad Culpepper. I mean, in our season, we had so many intense tribal councils. I, I think that it was a – I don't know. Watching this season, not only was I waiting for an intense tribal, but I, I was very aware and watching people's body language, their response to questions, Jeff's questions. And tribal council is a big part of it. Well, I, I agree with everything that you said. And I also think that we are sort of like in the beginning of this stage of the evolution because the people who played this season didn't even see Survivor Blood versus Water. So when Survivor 29 comes around and Survivor 30, then the people that play in those seasons will have seen what happened when Caleb says, hey, I'm going to vote 3-3 three, three here and you guys can do what you want. And right. they have seen now where Hayden says, hey, why don't we, why don't we change this vote around? And, and you and you say you know that's right let me i'm going to play for rocks and i think that as the game continues to go forward i think we will see more people sort of making moves on the fly i think it's sort of like uh you know people will be like doing more okay well this is actually better for me and i think then you'll see people reacting to things happening at tribal council i think the game is just going to continue to just move at a faster and faster speed as more and more people see it i love Tony's um, pulling the idol out and showing his tribe and saying, what are we going to do with it in front of everybody? And then everybody right then had to reevaluate their votes in front of each other. Like that right there is an example of something that wasn't expected to have happen. And then they had to re-go and they had to use code and they're like, stick with you original or whatever they said. The first, the other one. Yeah. I was like, 
oh, who's the other one? You know, like I, I was like curious to know, but I, that was another example of how things can change at Tribal yeah. Council and how the game is evolving to where people don't just go in with their mind made up. You know, that's a great time to change somebody's mind. All right, Dan Heaton wants to know, is there ever a good time to be a swing vote? Sierra was in that position in Blood versus Water and nearly made it work, but it's still precarious. So is there a best time to be the swing vote? All the time. You want to be the one that, I think, I think you want to be the one, but you have to also play it like you don't know you're the one. Exactly. Like, I feel like Sarah saying, I don't, I'm the swing vote. Everybody needs to convince me. Nobody trusts you at this point. You want to make this side feel like, no, no, I'm voting with you and this side. And then you want to tell the, the confessional, I can decide which one I exactly. want to do. You don't want to tell everybody else that you're the swing vote. Right. You, yeah. you don't want everybody to know you're a swing vote, but right. you want it right. to know that you are. Yeah, that's that's that is really the key that that when you say I know I'm the swing vote, but the problem is when everybody knows you're the swing vote, then it's 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 very bad. It's actually very very bad because then uh, people are blaming you for whatever happens at the tribal council, right? And for the rest of your life, (laughs) (laughs) for some people. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Here's an interesting question. Will Dennison wants to know: uh, Would you rather be seen as cute or hot? Uh, now, this was something that happened earlier in the season where LJ said, hey, I don't trust Morgan. She's hot, not cute. Is that a real thing? Is it better to be cute than hot on Survivor? <laughs> I just like to be called one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. I don't care. I don't know. I feel like probably. I cute. felt like Alexis was hot. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like that he's the comparison, cute or hot. It's like she's a beautiful woman, and Morgan is a beautiful woman. And if you're so intimidated, then you probably don't be. I know, but in the reality, I mean, come on. I think what he's saying is, cute is, oh, I'm gonna take her home to mom. Hot is, oh yeah, I'm getting lucky tonight. That's what I think. And that's bad. You got to vote that person out. (laughs) No, not necessarily, but I think that that's probably the the two differences between them. Cute is, oh, I really like her. Let's go out with my friends. And hot is. See you guys later. I'll call you in the morning. <laughs> um, how about Morgan? Have you guys been impressed with anything she's done this season? Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I was impressed yeah. early on when she was caught looking for the idol. I was like, idiot. But then the way she recovered so quickly, I was impressed by that. And then she got caught again. And then I'm like, girl, you need to just stop lying because you seem to be getting caught in all of your lives. But but she's done a good job so far, I think, of um, the, the the idea, anybody but me. Like, she's been doing that. Anybody but me, who do you want to vote for? It's not like she's been outspoken about who she wants to go. But at the same time, I haven't, same as Jeffra, really seen her. She doesn't have anybody. Right. I mean, like, Jeremiah and her have a riff. She's kind of just the extra number on that tribe. She doesn't have anybody. And I would love to see her. Um, forge her own and, and find somebody as the same same as Jeffra. Like I would love to see one of those girls show some sort of strategic um, move. I like I'm impressed with Morgan because the girl is beautiful, and so you know her whole life she's gotten a lot of attention, and she's used to probably being the star of everything. She walks in the room, she's the focus of attention for everything, and she's usually the apex of what's going on. She's done a really good job based on the edit of not having to be the center of everything, not having to get all the attention all the time. And whether that's her personality type or not, I believe that she probably does get a lot of attention in her everyday life. 
and it doesn't appear like she's going in like, hey, you guys, look at me over here, or I can do this, or flirting with the boys, or oh, she, she's really doing a good job of laying low, right? Do you agree? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Antonius Noel Gary Fallow wants to know, in Sarah's Ponderosa video today, she spoke about Cass being a mother and lying to people on TV isn't a good example to her daughter. How do you guys feel about this? Is Sarah just bitter that she was voted out and taking a stab at Cass? So, yes. What, yes. It's as simple as that? Yeah. I mean, come on. You're, you're playing the game of Survivor. I mean, like, I would have sworn on... There was a lot of things I would have torn out <laughs> out there and not even like thought thought twice about it. Like the people who have such a concept of like, okay, I love that she respected her badge enough to swear on her badge, totally. and it was such a big deal to her that she didn't want to go. I love that, but at the same time, what do you know what you're signing up for? Like, in, like you you might have to do that. You know, in that moment, if she would have looked at Tony and said, "I swear on my badge," even though she probably wouldn't have, she probably wouldn't have gone home. I mean, she probably Tony would have felt no need to play the idol, and either would LJ, and her game would have been totally different. I respect it, but at the same time, this you isn't hold somebody. This else. isn't the game for you. Don't sign up for the game because if you're not willing to do things like that, um, don't do it. Why use Lindsay as an example for going home to try and be? You know, you used it earlier an example to her daughter. Okay, well, the better example would have been to come back and kick everybody else's butts and then show your daughter, look it, I triumphed, I never gave up, and then I won. Like, in my mind, that would have been the better example. So I think Sarah is maybe a little bit bitter, which is normal, you know, when when you get voted out, especially blindsided. Yeah. And, and you can see that Sarah had higher standards for herself. You can't put your standards, what you have for yourself, on anybody else. And Sarah had really high standards for herself. I'm not going to lie on my badge. If she was a mom, she wouldn't lie to be a bad example for her kids, but you can't place your standards on somebody else when they're playing the game. Is Sarah a mom? I don't think so. So I think that would also say a lot, too. If she was a mom, maybe I might have been like, okay, she kind of understands, but the fact that maybe she's not even a mom, I don't think she has any room to try and... You lie to your kids all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes they vote you out, too. And sometimes they lie to you all the time. Yeah. It's part of all right. Uh, this is a question from Nathan Bayless, and he actually has it's in the form of a poem. OK, so let me uh, give you this poem and then get your answer. I have a question from for Laura Moret about a final tribal no survivor fan can forget for the winner. She gave her vote to Natalie White, a vote many fans say was not right. They say Russell Hance played a better game in a style which brought him a lot of praise and fame. While others say Natalie's social game showed more class, at her final Tribal Council preference kicked Russell's ass. So can you put this debate finally to rest? Natalie or Russell in Samoa, who was best? Now you touched on this earlier before, but I felt like Nathan did such put so much work into his poem. I felt like I had to ask the question. And I wish I was creative enough to answer back in a poem. I can rap. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. You can't Okay, I think that the vote, I think she got, Natalie got everybody's vote, but let's recap the players here. The two players that we really talked about tonight, the other characters, John Fincher and Shambo. Those were the only two people that voted for Russell Hans. All of the rest of the same cast all voted for Natalie. But what, and the reason I say that is what the viewers didn't see is the viewers didn't see Natalie's final speech. 
That is what did it. We were all voting for Mick going in there. Mick gave away the million dollars. We all had, we were all voting for Mick, but Mick wouldn't say what he did to get to himself to that spot. So we were all frustrated. We we're like, oh, great, now what? But Natalie stepped up, and that's when I said earlier, Natalie gave this speech of, this is how I played my game. I basically rode coattails, but that's, I knew I had to do that to win. And she did good. Now, when you say we all didn't felt felt like Mick didn't, so were you guys sort of like in the jury box, sort of saying like, uh, what do you what do you think? Like, did you guys all reach the same conclusion, or was there some sort of like, okay, what do you guys think? When Natalie was giving her speech, we were all looking at each other like, oh my gosh, looking at looking down the line like this girl just won it. And if you go back. Remember, you can watch it on Zulu now. Hulu, watch Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hip. If you go to Hulu, you can watch our season. And I remember putting <laughs> shut up, mine up and saying, Natalie, you just stole $1 million because we all were voting for Mick. And it was really hard because Mick was a great guy, but he just didn't bring it home. And he, Natalie did. Well, he puts people to sleep for a living. <laughs> That's what he does. That uh, is good. Yeah. Okay. This is a question uh, for from Thomas Forsey, and he wants to know: It has been a trend in recent seasons for an older woman to make it to the end of the game and be eaten alive by the jury for moves or lack thereof she made in the game. As jury members who witnessed this happen to Monica, can you provide any insight as to why jurors react in this manner and explain what Trish, who made a great play last night, needs to do to avoid the same fate? Now, we've okay. seen a lot of people, whether it's whether it's Monica Culpepper or uh, a Dawn or a Sherry or um, I'm sure there's a, there's a couple of others that we can that we can come up with here of people. What Lisa Welchel, for instance, what, what would Trish need to do differently? Okay. Um, well, I'm going to just hit on Monica Culpepper and, and how I feel like it's a different situation is Monica didn't do anything. Like, I mean, what was her resume? She won challenges. That's great. Everybody was throwing challenges. Like, I mean, like, I don't, Tyson Apostle had a she, hurt arm. She won the one where she ate. Okay. She hands down no, won the eating. Okay. Part. Let's just say, let's just humor. Let's just say that nobody out there, I mean, there is the idea that people don't want to be challenge beasts. Okay. It's just that that's what it is. What it is. I can, this woman in her first season kicked butt in all of the challenges and, and knew like, okay, you know, maybe that might be intimidating to people. So I'm going to, you know, try, but I don't want to come off too loud. So Tyson apostle and his hurt arm, Tyson wasn't even competing to his, to his full extent. It's not like Monica Culpepper came in and rocked our world. It's like people weren't trying because they knew they didn't want to be like the king. So I'm just to give Monica the credit of winning all the challenges. In my opinion, when she said that, Oh, here's my jury speech. I won all these challenges. I'm a jury as a jury member going, that's great. Nobody was trying, but anyway, for, for <laughs> what Trish to go in, I think that Trish already has started building her resume. I mean, she, the example of Lindsay going home, she could use that in a jury speech. You know, I pushed Lindsay to get her to quit. You might like it. You might not like it, but I got somebody out. Um, I went over to Cass when I saw the girls fighting. I mean, that right there shows great, great um, 
She was observing. She sat there and saw a fight, and it might have been the smallest fight in the world, but she took it and she ran with it. And that was totally Trish. Nobody yeah. else saw that fight but Trish. She saw the weak leak in that alliance, went for it, and, and it came out. I think she's already building her alliance. I would maybe tell her to tone it down. Yeah. But, like, but, I, and, if, and if it was me, if I was one of the older players, which I'm clearly not an older player, but if I <laughs> did fit into that category, I would use, I would play it. I would say, here's the deal. I'm twice everybody else's age. I'm not saying that to give myself kudos. I'm just saying that socially, I don't usually socialize with 20-year-olds. So it's uncomfortable for me to be in this social situation. So I had to adapt to your guys' world. And I think I did that. And so I would use that. I would use my differences in age as that's why I deserve to be here because I am a fish out of water with you guys. I have been outside the social world. I've been nursing kids. I've been babysitting, pushing strollers. And you guys have been out in the social world, and I'm not. <laughs> so I would use that as that's what I would do when I get to the final three. Let me give you one of the comments from somebody uh, watching live. This is from Arc Music Fan Club. Uh, and he says, uh, I love Sierra. I got a, a tattoo of her face on my back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. She's my inspiration. Did, is, this, is this for real? I want to see the picture. Yeah. Send, send us a picture. Backside. <laughs> he said back. And what picture is it? I don't know. Arc Music Club. So send, send, uh, email me that picture. Uh, Rob at Rob has a website dot com. We'll put that up on the website if that's. Oh, that is awesome. If that's true. Um, kind of. <laughs> Orange Shaw says, uh, "What is the funniest thing that Tyson did that both of you saw in Blood versus Water? Is there anything that you could tell us that Tyson did that was hilarious that didn't make the show? Everything. Breathing." Okay, and one of the things that I don't, I think he, a lot of the viewers would always say, like, Tyson, I didn't like Tyson. Tyson is the funniest person you will ever meet in your life. He has the driest, stiffest sense of humor. He will say something so cutting and so cold with this straight stone face, and a lot of times the camera would cut away, and it doesn't show him going, I'm just kidding, or, and, and we would all be cracking up laughing. So he got, a lot of people thought he was mean. He is so far from mean. He is so kind, so but, kind, but more than that, witty. he was so entertaining. He would, okay, he would sing this, I don't know, you know, the 50, nifty United States, and then, have you Oh, the, all the 50 states? He sings the 50 states, and he would sing it again and again with, like, expression. Like Broadway. And he would dance, and he would get, and he knows it, like, by heart. It's creepy. It's something you learn in, like, kindergarten, and he would sing it to us all the time, and then um, Colton left his sweater. <laughs> and Colton left his sweater his and baby blue sweater and Vetus's sweatpants I don't know if you saw but Vetus's sweatpants are like the ones that like are peg legged but like sag at the crotch <laughs> and so uh, Tyson would put Colton's sweater on his legs and it would sag at the crotch like Vetus and he would put his um, buff on his head and do a Vetus impression <laughs> it's just funny like yeah. he would have, that's why Tyson was so great because you couldn't be mad at him because he was always making you laugh. One funny thing, really funny story, was after I got voted out the second time and I go to show up at Redemption Island and I totally call out Tyson and Aris and I totally call everybody out and I'm like, don't, you did this and you turn on me and you did this and I said, and Tyson, I pointed to the girls and I said, he has an idol. You guys need to know, he has the idol. And his eyes get so big. I didn't know he really had an idol. I was just blowing smoke, but I didn't know that he really did have it. And I was like, 
Remember when our food came? I saw Tyson put something in his pocket. So Tyson has an idol, and I'm totally calling him out at Tribal Camp or at Redemption Island. Then I win the challenge. I go back. Little did I know at that point, after I just threw Tyson and Aris under the bus, Jeff goes, everybody drop your buff. We're drawing for a new buff. And they get on the tribe with Sierra. And Sierra's thinking, great, my mom just completely slaughtered these guys, and now I'm on the team. So I show up for the next Redemption Island, and I have no idea the tribe swapped, right? Because we don't know what's going on. So I walk to Redemption Island, and Tyson's on one side of Sierra like this. And Aris is on the other side of Sierra with their arms around her, and they're like waving at us. <laughs> it, it was just one of those things where it was, you couldn't be mad you at You couldn't him. be mad at yeah. I mean, here I am on Redemption Island, but it's it was all in fun. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Tyson fan. Uh, that uh, yes. he's he really he is a hilarious guy. Uh, great great guy in, inside and and out of the game. Perrick uh, later wants to know if you suspect someone in the opposite alliance has the idol. Who do, how do you decide who to vote for? Now, unfortunately, uh, you guys in Samoa ended up choosing wrong, or maybe you didn't know Russell had the idol right when uh, Kelly right. went home, right? Right. Well, mind you, remember, go back and watch, the, the first time we voted and we actually got rid of Eric, Russell thought we were voting for him. So Russell's like, I want to play this idol. Like He's all just like, ha, 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 I'm going to get you. And he plays his idol. And then we vote for Russell. and we're, Or we vote for Eric. And he's just like, okay, shoot, I just raced my Russell. And then, like magic, Russell has another idol, apparently. And then that vote, we were trying to tell the people to switch, to split the votes. Me and Monica were saying, you guys, let's split the vote. And John Fincher, the rocket scientist, who's really good with numbers, apparently, <laughs> was saying... Go, was getting saying, numbers? With numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah, not getting numbers, but apparently he's really good with numbers. And he's like, we don't need to split the vote. We don't need to split the vote. You're getting paranoid. And, it, and at that point, Monica and I were... We, everybody knew we were tight. We didn't want to be so assertive. We didn't want to play a Sarah and say, no, we need to split right now because this is what we need to do. So we kind of played that, okay, do you guys think this is the right move? And to our detriment, we should have been more aggressive and said, we need to split these votes because then we would have re-voted and, Russell and somebody else on FOFO would have went home. Well, talk me through the psychology of how do you pick the person to, if you know one side has an idol, how do you pick, is it sort of like a shell game of, it's like that scene in The Princess Bride of like, I know that you know that I know that but you know. But you cannot put it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I think a lot of it has to do with who you think has the idol. And I, I'll give you an example of when we went to Rocks, I was fairly confident Tyson had the idol. So at that moment when I'm sitting there, I knew Katie and Hayden were going to vote Tyson. That's what they told me they were going to vote before we went in. We were going to vote Tyson. I knew. I didn't know. I assumed Tyson had the idol. So where my mind was at when we were sitting in that tribal council is do I want to vote Ty just write Tyson's name down and we'll tie it, Tyson and Sierra, or do I want to look over to Hayden and Katie and tell them to write down Monica because – I don't think Tyson is the type of player to give up his idol. He learned. Tyson played before. <laughs> he gave up his idol. He, and, and he got voted out. So I knew Tyson's not giving up his idol. There's no way. So if Tyson is going to play the idol, he's going to play it on himself. So I turned to Hayden and Katie at that moment, which you didn't see on TV when we drew rocks. And without them seeing me, I said, Monica. 
And my, my thought process to that was really, Jervis had the immunity necklace. Tyson, there's no way in hell he's giving it to Monica. And I thought Tyson would not go to rocks for Monica. Especially with an idol in his pocket. Because I thought that Tyson, I just didn't, I, I, my bad for not realizing how close Tyson and Monica were. That right. was my biggest downfall in my season is not realizing that. For a majority of the time, I thought I was Monica. And that, that's where that's where I well that's where I messed up is I always thought I was number three so obviously I didn't play perfect games so I didn't win but the moral of the story is I decided Monica and I also didn't think that Tyson would play the idol so it depends who has the idol and 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 for Tony to say out loud he'll give it to somebody when he said that in that moment I wondered would he really like would he really give it to somebody or is he really going to just play it for himself yeah and so you kind of have to evaluate the people you're dealing with the people who like Jeffra, they decided to throw vote Jeffra's way because come merch time, like Sarah said, we need to get rid of one of the big dogs. That's just common sense. Merge comes, we get rid of the, one of the big players. And so Jeffra was so out of the blue that, that I felt like it was a smart vote for them. All right. Two more questions. One, one's from Stephen Fishback and one is from me. Okay. Stephen okay. Fishback uh, wants, wants to know from last night. He wanted to know what is harder to vote out a fellow cop or to vote out your mom, which is the, uh, the more difficult thing. Voting out my mom wasn't hard. <laughs> I just, cool. <laughs> no, um, I would say your mom. I mean, it, it's like, what's harder voting out a fellow, um, hair student. I mean, I don't know. Cause you share the same I don't, I job mean, that you have some bond. And I don't, it was hard for Sierra. I'm, I'm not going to put it. It was hard for Sierra to vote me out. But I think she knew, like in my confessional stuff, I was so dang proud of her that she, sorry, that's my alarm. Oh. I was so dang proud of her. Oh, my God. So somebody's here. It somebody's is. Here. I was so, and she knew ultimately at the end, I would be saying, way to play the game. I mean, we have a balance. You have to have a balance in your life, right? We, she knew that I would forgive her. And it wasn't easy for her to do that. I'm sure it wasn't easy for her. And to do the, the reality was, it's I didn't have to write my mom's name down. I mean, the the way the votes played out, if I wouldn't have vote, wrote my mom's name down, she would have gone home anyway. I knew I just had to make a statement, and that's why I had the conversation with my mom before we did it. It wasn't an easy thing, but at the same time, for Sarah and Tony, you have to do the move that best fits your game, your game. Okay, and my question is. A lot of the former or the current survivors this season, this has come up a lot where there have been some claims from the current cast that the former survivors are too hard on the current survivors on Twitter. Now, I know, Sierra, you just you just uh, went, went through this a lot uh, on the pre previous season. Do you think that the way that Survivor works on Twitter, that people should reevaluate things, are the, the people who are the veterans, are they too hard on the current cast? I don't think so. I think that, okay, I played this game one time and I learned so much from, from playing one time that I think that you kind of, now that I'm watching those specific things that I might've messed up on or I might've learned, I'm a lot more quick to say like, hey, you know, idiot, even though maybe I was the idiot in my first season. Um, I don't think they're too hard. Some, it's so much fun to watch Twitter, to like follow Twitter after the show's over. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts is to read the Twitter comments. And if those weren't there, it would be so boring. I just feel like it's an extra element to um, 
not the game because it doesn't even really matter, but just for fun and kind of see different people's inputs. And sometimes I'll read yeah, some but, people's comments and I'm like, no, stupid. But there are a handful of Twitterers that can't get over the fact that they're not in the game anymore. <laughs> they're just or like, they haven't been for like And they haven't seasons. been for a couple seasons. And it just kills them. And they are the professionals now. And this is what... And they take it amongst themselves to be like, you're stupid. This is what you should have done. And 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 they make it personal. And those are the people that are just like, okay, your 15 minutes are up. Get off Twitter. Nobody listens to you anyway. And and it's those people that sometimes will go too far. And then when you call them out, they're like, oh, I was just joking. I was just playing. It's just all in fun and games. And you're like, yeah, no, you weren't. You just got called out. I, so, I see. I totally see both sides. I just enjoy like following the Twitter yeah. comments and I almost enjoy um, like I mean I got called out by Eliza a number of times and clearly she likes to like get in there and call people out but my thing is if you're gonna call people out make sure you can take it back like you, you kinda gotta be able if you're gonna dish it out to, to take it so Eliza. You, gotta be, and you gotta be fair and balanced I mean you gotta if one week you're saying somebody made a stupid move and the next week you're going man you impressed me then that's then that's totally fine if you're going to be fair and balanced. But if you're just going to be you get somebody gets under your skin and you just ride them the whole time and you're just constantly bashing them, then move on, get a life. Okay. Well, it's so many different layers with the Survivor. There's every there's the things that happen on the island. There's the things that happen in the show. There's things that happen on social media. So it's all it's all uh, great fun. Uh, Laura and Sierra, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on with me and being so generous uh, with your time today. Also. Thanks for having us, Rob. Yeah, well, uh, all the best to you guys. Uh, now, if you want to follow Laura or Sierra on Twitter, uh, give us your your Twitters if, if you want to uh, see what they have to say on social media. Mine's at Laura Moret. That's it. At Sierra Easton. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Very simple. All right. Anything else that you guys are, are uh, doing that's fun or anything that you want to let people know about? We could, but we'd have to kill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't we don't want that. Uh, all right. Well, guys, thanks again so much. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Happy Easter. Thanks. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Laura Moret and Sierra Easton on Rob Has a Podcast, a double feature for you. And now uh, let's bring in a, another amazing woman. Here she is. She's the first lady of podcasting. And here she is back. On Rob has a podcast for the second time here during Survivor Kagayan, Nicole Sesternino. Hello, everybody. Yeah, the first lady of podcasting. Did I the say flop. that? Yes, yes, did. yes. So, Nicole, how are you doing? I'm great. Yes, Nicole, happy to have you back. Thank you very much. I'm 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 happy to be back. Are you excited to listen to some Survivor voicemails today? Yes, I'm very pumped up. I just taught a Poloxing class, so I have some very high adrenaline right now. Okay, well that's uh, fantastic. Yes, you need high adrenaline for podcasting. You do, you do. It's not. It's not a. You have to be in the best physical shape possible. Obviously, that's why I keep my body like this because I need to. That's why. Yes, because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't be able to get through all of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. And what a hot body it is. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. Thank you very much. What's well, a hot room? It's sizzling. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into everything uh, with Nicole. Uh, overall, Nicole, your thoughts on this season? It's a merge. It's dateable. It's date- we're not we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a great season. Okay. 
So you're you're excited? I am excited, All yeah. Right. All right, so we're going to get into the voicemails in just one second. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, and those would be our friends at DraftKings.com. Nicole, I know what a big fantasy baseball fan you are. I'm huge. Yes, huge. yes. You have a lot of fantasies about baseball. I do, for the players. <laughs> and on, on opening day, DraftKings.com, they awarded over a half a million dollars in cash prizes, Nicole. Wowzer. A half a million dollars in one day, and there's way more to come, so check out DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-day fantasy sports site. Uh, listeners have won hundreds, thousands, and even a million dollars with DraftKings uh, just watching their favorite sport. So uh, play some fantasy baseball at DraftKings. So people have won. Somebody won a hundred grand in their first time ever playing. Nicole, wowzer! Yes, can you believe I'm that? I'm gonna play. <laughs> you might. I'm, I am going to play. You, you and Stephen Fishback. <laughs> uh, DraftKings is for one day fantasy sports. That means no season long commitments, no being stuck with players, just instant cash every day. And God knows, I uh, love not being being able to not be in a commitment. I was going to say this is perfect <laughs> for all the commitment phobes. <laughs> yes, yes, for for people like me who would love a one day non commitment. Or an 11-year commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one or the other. All right. So uh, it's easy. You pick your team in minutes, and any sports fan can do it. So right now, you can play for free to win real cash. Enter ROB at DraftKings.com and get free entry into next week's contest with 400 grand in guaranteed prizes. 400 grand, Nicole. That's a sweet deal. Hurry. Free spots are going quick. Enter ROB now at DraftKings.com. All right, Nicole. So let's get into some of these voicemail. That's a good deal, right? That's a good deal. Free and possibly $400,000. You get to play for free and you can win some money. All right. So speaking of people who are trying to win money, let's talk about the survivors. And we have so many voicemails. You guys did a really, really great job. There were so many voicemails to choose from. This was a very difficult week for me to be able to uh, produce this segment. But we're going to go ahead. But and you get it done. We're going to try it anyway. Okay, so here we go. Let's start off with Daniel. And Daniel is very... Daniel cons- Liu? No. It's a different <laughs> Daniel L. Uh, this is sure it is. He's very, he's very concerned with what's to come the second half of the season. Actually, before we get into that, that I'm going to play his thing in a second. What was your take on the episode last night real quick? I thought it was crazy. Crazy? Crazy episode. Yeah. Uh, so what's anybody that you are especially uh, fond of or not fond of? Well, I was sad to see Sarah go. You know, she was our favorite from the beginning, but my LJ is safe, so I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So you're happy. You like the LJ? I love LJ. Yeah. Was that, it did end up, that end up being your pick or did you, or you went date with Garrett? I, think. I went with Garrett, but I'm like, I wanted uh, LJ. Okay. Whoa. What do you mean? You know what I mean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Here, let's go with Daniel. Here's his question. Well, Rob, as much as I love this episode, I'm really afraid of the impending pagonging that's going to happen. And I don't really see any of the new Apari guys and girls able to find the Tyler Perry idol. I think I puked in my mouth when I said that. However, I have a small (laughs) glimmer of hope. And my question is, do you think that both Tony and LJ can be perceived as threats now? That not only they found idols, but they hid them away from their own alliance what do you think let me know and take care god this episode was nuts it was nuts nicole it was nuts that was a nuts episode okay so first off are you now do you feel like it's going to be a straight shot of all the way through now tony's alliance is going to just pick off the other people i don't think so i think there's too many 
too many strong personalities, too much st- strategic play for that to happen. You know what I think will be the tell? I think if we hear during the week next week, it's like, oh, oh, it's a double elimination. Yeah. Like uh, Survivor has done a very good job over the last couple of years of sort of like fast forwarding through a, you know, a paganging type boot where mm-hmm. it's going to be the next two people that are going to go home. They did it last season with Vetus and Tina, I think, right. were in one episode. And then they also did it. And I remember in South, Survivor South Pacific, they got rid of like Jim Rice and Keith or, or Jim Rice and Ozzy in one episode. So if we start to hear during the week that it's a double elimination, then we could be pretty safe that it's going to be the next two people from the former, you know, Brains Alliance. Yeah, I don't think our Spencer will allow that. <laughs> well, let's well, let's hope not. <laughs> anyway, so. The fact that Tony and LJ both had idols and they hid it from the other people that were in their group. Uh, is that a problem for them? Um, I don't I think it went over some of their heads. Yeah. I mean, is Jeffra really going to be pissed off now? She's just happy she's still there. Is Trish she or Wu going to be pissed off? Trish is too is too in love with LJ. Yeah. And Wu Does he get pissed about anything? Wu doesn't know where he is. The only two people that would potentially get pissed would be Tony or and LJ. LJ. <laughs> and they both did it to each other. It was like the Pina Colada song. Mm-hmm. It was like... Uh, but better. Did you like hiding idols? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you like uh, you know keeping a secret idol from me? Yeah. And, and hiding it in the dirt? Um, okay, so... Maybe on a different tribe that would be an issue, but not this one. No, I think I think these guys are going to be fine. Yeah. You know, there are other people in the game that would probably be a little pissed about that, mm-hmm. but... I, I think that the, the fact that they both did it and they both played it for each other, I think it ulti- the net is very broy for both of those guys. Are they besties for life? Now? I think so. Yeah. I think that's that's probably true. Yeah. All right. Let's take a question from Amy Lee, and she has a question. Maybe Nicole, maybe you be, can be able to uh, answer this question okay, for let her. Me see. From Amy. Hi, Rob, and hi, Nicole. This is Amy from Ithaca. My question is: on a scale of one to Red Wedding. Exactly how shocked are you that Sarah was killed? I mean, wait, voted off the island. Thanks. I love the podcast. All right, well, very fitting because we are going to kick off our Game of Thrones live coverage uh, after every episode of Game of Thrones Season 4. We'll be live at 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Pacific with Josh Wiggler on postshowrecaps.com covering Game of Thrones. So, Nicole, on a scale of one to the Red Wedding. <laughs> First of all, I cannot talk about the Red Wedding. It still gets me upset. It's, it gets, you, it <laughs> it gets, gets me upset. very upset. <laughs> was this a Red Wedding of Survivor? There is no red wedding of Survivor. Yes. So I, you would say it's, it's, was it a half red wedding? Might have been a half a red wedding. Half of a red wedding? Yes. This one I feel like we saw coming a little bit more. I felt a like the bit. edit was starting to boil. Ooh. Like I was watching it. I'm like, oh boy. You kind of saw her mistakes. Yeah. You saw Sarah's mistakes. You saw you kind of saw the freight train coming. Yeah, I feel like the red wedding, you didn't see it unless you rewatched the episode. The, the, I mean, the, um, the season. Yeah. Well, the people that read the books of Survivor Kagayan, they all knew they it was knew coming it was and happen. they were like, yeah. they were putting people's reactions on YouTube and stuff like that. And they were like all day like, oh, you have to see what's going to happen tonight. Wait till you see this. This will <laughs> yes. be so exciting. Oh, we should put those videos on the website. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, you said it was a half a Red Wedding? Uh, yeah, maybe a little less than half of Red Wedding. 0.4 Red yeah, Wedding? Yeah. But you know, I'm either a zero or a one, so I'd have to say yeah. zero. So actually, it was a scale. It should be a scale from zero to red wedding, and then yeah. we can make it a point four red wedding. It was a scale from one to red wedding. I don't know what to. Yeah. So, uh, 
Point, we'll go, yeah. Point .4 X Red Wedding. <laughs> yes. How about that? Okay. Let's go to, uh, let's take a question from Brent, and he wants to talk about Cass. Chaos Cass. Who doesn't? Chaos Cass. Here we go. Hey, Rob, Brent Purvis calling from Hamilton, Ontario. Given that Tony and LJ both burned their idols off uh, and the wrong people, it's obvious that Cass didn't tell them who the Apari tribe was voting for. Do you think it would have been a smarter move for her to tell them who they were voting for? in order to gain headway into that alliance? Or do you think this really was a one-off vote to get rid of Sarah and then hopefully just re-team with her original group? Love to hear what you think. All right, this is actually an interesting question. So do you think that Cass told those guys, hey guys, by the way, the vote tonight is going to be for Tony? Um, Probably. Because Tony did take out his idol, but then he switched it. But, you know, if we take a look at the events and say, if Tony seemed to think that the people were coming for him and going to use the idol against him, did Tony feel like, okay, I'm going to take out the idol and they won't vote for me, but I'm going to then give the idol to LJ because now I know they wouldn't have voted for me because I said I was going to play the idol. Mm -hmm. So do you think that Tony was acting with the knowledge the votes were coming for him? I think so. You know, if if you think about it in that way, I think that does make things uh, give things a little more clarity. Because he was a little bit too calm, and Tony isn't the, he really isn't the most calm. Yeah, he sort of was like you know Jeff asked LJ a question about the idols, and LJ's like I don't even know if there are idols in this game, and uh, Tony's like Yeah, there are idols. Sure, there's idols. I got one right here, and he <laughs> takes out his idol, and he's like uh, Maybe I'm gonna play it. Maybe I'm not gonna play it. And so then he ends up uh, giving it to LJ, maybe thinking, okay, well, now I'm able to protect two people with one idol. Yeah. I think another question is, should Sarah have just said that she was going to go along with Tony's plan and then blindsided Tony and gotten him out and then she would have been safe? Well, it goes back to the whole thing of where Tony was like trying to make Sarah say, okay, so you come back and you tell me you swear on your badge. I want you to swear on the badge. And going back to, and I, it annoys me on Survivor, this whole, whether it's swear swear on your badge, swear on your kids, swear on your wife, whatever. And, you know, I'm not super superstitious, but I would feel, I would feel bad if I was on Survivor and somebody was like, okay, swear on your, swear on your wife, swear on your kids, swear on, uh, you know, one time in Survivor, the Amazon, I did, I did swear on my penis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not surprised. And I kept my word. Well, I and kept you kept word. your penis. But th- but I would in my head I would be like if I broke a swear to somebody I would feel I would feel bad. And I kind of feel like once you get involved in like okay, swear on this, swear on that. I feel like it's sort of an easy tell with people when they don't want to swear on it. Well, that's it. why people do it. I know that's why people do it, but I just feel like if I was going to play Survivor again, I feel like even from the start, I would want to say, look, I don't, I'm, I'm not getting into all this swear. I don't like, I don't like it, but mm-hmm. I don't know a way out of it because I feel like, oh, he's shady. He doesn't want to swear on stuff. Yeah. But I don't like it. Okay. I think it's a good tell as to what somebody's going to do. And then I also hate it when people are like, well, no, in my head, I was swearing that I'm going to vote you out. Or I, I was, visualized my fingers crossed. Yeah. I, sw- <laughs> I swore to my wife that I love her more than I love you. So that really means that my swear to you was I swear that I'm lying to you. So, yeah. And then, you know, so I don't like when people also do like the try to the justification of why they broke their swears. You, or just, whatever. you lied. You lied. You lied. You broke the and swear. And that's okay. It's Survivor. You can lie. 
yeah, it's yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's just yeah. you know, I don't I don't like that stuff. Yeah. Well, you're just a nice person. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Who doesn't want to lose their penis? <laughs> no, well, that's true. That's a very, very prized possession. I know I know a guy on, on another show that that happened to, and that mm. wasn't pleasant. Okay. Uh, Alex Wilpon has a question, and this question is for you, Nicole. Yeah. Hey, Robin, Nicole. It's Alex Wilpon. I thought I'd take the opportunity with Nicole on the podcast to see how parenthood's going. The pictures of you guys and Dom on Twitter and Instagram are so adorable. Also, Nicole, your post-baby body is looking excellent. Hey, now. Thanks. Oh. Hope you guys are all well. Bye. Oh, well, well thank you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did we answer the last question? It doesn't, the, ma- it doesn't <laughs> matter now. <laughs> for, for Brent? Okay. All right. So, uh, Nicole, well, yeah, Alex is, uh, be, has kind words for yes, you. Yes. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. I, d- I do work very hard to, uh, to get my post-baby body back. Yes. Yeah. And everything is good. Everything's good. <laughs> Six packs back. Yeah. And the baby. He's great. He's he's uh, he's an amazing little boy. Yes. Um, and he likes Survivor. He does. He was watching it last night. Okay. Well, as long as he's quiet. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. All right. Let's take a question from uh, Ryan. And Ryan wants to talk a little bit more about bees. Survivors who are a wolf in sheep's clothing. Hey Rob, it's uh, Ryan from Chicago. Uh, last week you talked uh, a lot about um, players being wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, with Trish convincing uh, Tony to uh, flip on Cliff and then um, cast flip on her Sarah, uh, do you think she could be a wolf in sheep's clothing? All right, let's talk a little bit about Trish. Do you think that Trish could potentially be a wolf in sheep's clothing? Now, I was talking about last week that I felt like Tony was a little bit too much of a wolf in wolf's clothing Mm -hmm. in that he's playing hard and it's obvious that he's playing hard where I feel like the people who have the best chance to win Survivor are the people who are playing hard and the other people don't necessarily realize they're playing hard until it's too late. Uh, Do you think that Trish could be one of these people that it ends up making it to the end and can demonstrate that she did play a great game. Is is she that wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, she was the one that got got um got cast to switch. Yes. Very easily. Whoa. <laughs> Why is that a whoa? <laughs> it was so easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean and it was like Tony was like, no 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 no. I'm gonna talk to Sarah. And but it was really Trish that got this whole thing in motion. Well, actually, the way that conversation went was earlier in the episode. So Trish is like, uh, I, I don't think I could do a good. I, I can't. I'm not like <laughs> Lindsay. I can't do a good Trish impression. But she's she's like, uh, so what do you think? Should I go talk to her? And Tony is like, uh, I got he, this. Yeah, he's like, uh, I think she's going to try to play you. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, well, I could go, and, and he's like, ah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. And then later on, so she does it, and it actually does work. Yes. So good on Trish. Now, is Trish a wolf? Is she a wolf in sheep's clothing, or is she a man in woman's clothing? Going back to last week, was she jo- was she joking about that? Would that be? <laughs> um, that was a. Jo- I, I need evidence. What was your reaction? I need ev- I need evidence. Okay. Yeah. So she is. So as far as uh, that that goes, she is a woman in woman's clothing. As far as I know, yes. But as the game goes, she could be a. Wolf in sheep's clothing. You're buying that. You know, you know, it's a little too tricky with Trish here. <laughs> yeah, she's effing Boston. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, Trish is probably. A, I mean, Sarah didn't give her any credit. 
Yeah. I ran out of time with Sarah today, but I had a question I wanted to ask her about how, you know, how did it feel to know that you said Sarah had or Trish had no strategy. She wasn't strategizing at all. And she's actually the one who ends up getting cast to flip. Yeah. So I think that um, everybody, including Sarah, is probably not giving Trish enough credit. I, I, I agree. I think that Trish really got it done. OK, so let's go to uh, Keith Dixon, who has a very good question. Also about cast. Lots of questions about cast. Oh, it's chaos cast. Chaos cast. Here's Keith. Hey, Rob and Nicole. It's Keith Dixon from Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, so Cass possibly won't win this season because she flipped, but could she pull a Cochran and win season 36, fans versus favorites three? Is there a high possibility she'll even be cast as a returning favorite? What do you think? Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, so what do you think? Could we could Cass have a similar trajectory to Cochrane where she goes ahead and she flips on her alliance at the merge? Everybody hates her. Then she comes back for all stars. She wins in an all star season. And then she goes on to write for a CBS sitcom. Nicole, <laughs> what? Give me the likelihood of these things happening. I think the, the, the last part is very unlikely. That's unlikely. That's very unlikely. Hey, it was unlikely that Cochran was going to happen. Mm-hmm, to. It's true. Okay. So do you think that Cass is, has a chance to be casted for the next all-stars i think Cass is very strategic but i don't think she has that social game that's like really that's really good to watch that would that would really bring her back and win has Cass been good tv in your mind i like the way that she's playing i mean she hasn't said anything like funny or entertaining though yeah Going back to the preseason, let me just, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to uh, in the social media. So Corinne, I guess, has been updating, been updated all season by the listeners of Rob as a Podcast. Now, do you remember Corinne's take on Cass? She hated her. She says that this is going to be, she says that Cass is the most boring person ever and she's going to win (laughs) and this is going to be the worst season ever Uh and my prediction was i think Cass is actually going to be very interesting but i think she's going to be first one off Uh corinne and i were both terribly wrong uh Uh, Cass, it turns out is actually very interesting Uh and is going to go into the game and not be the first one kicked off and she's probably not going to win either (laughs) so uh both corinne and i completely were way off on and what did i say I don't know what you said. No one cares what I said. You were like, I'm tired. Just finish, (laughs) wrap this up. And I've heard that before. Yes, all the time. Okay, so for Cass, do we think, give me the likelihood Cass is going to come back for an All-Stars. You know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to find the older woman in the group. Uh Uh-huh. But I said before the season, I felt like Cass, I could see her as sort of like a Kathy O'Brien. And Kathy O'Brien was beloved. People loved Kathy. But Kathy also, she had like a spunk to her. Yeah. And I think that I think that Cass has spunk, but I feel like that Cass in this in this instance, I feel like the fans for the most part did not love what Cass did. Because it seemed like from the edit, Cass was like, well, I'm not getting my way, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be feet. spiteful and I'm going to vote out Sarah because, you know, the, everybody, because I, I don't like what, how everybody is treating me. Mm-hmm. And so 
Do you think that what she did was was the right move? No, I've said many times already in the last 24 yeah. hours, I think it was the wrong move because, yeah. you know, even if she didn't like Sarah, she could have bit her tongue. She didn't have to vote against her in this round. And then she could have flipped on Sarah or whoever in a couple of weeks. But this was too early to flip to the other side. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised to see her get picked off, you know, in, in the same sort of spot where Cochran was yeah. back in Survivor South Pacific. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But we'll see. She's given good confessionals. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed I wanted to make like a, a super clip. She's been before. very catty, too. She said she's going to punch her in the face. Well, she's <laughs> also like talking a lot about like uh, zombies and blood and show us the body. And <laughs> and uh, I want to see. Does you, she do criminal uh, law? I want to see. Yeah, I want to see you kill somebody first from your other tribe. Yeah, she's doing like a, a lot of like morbid talk. She's like Dexter out there. Mm, oh, yikes. <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, let's go to our next question. This is from Ryan Hockley, has a question about the Spy Shack. Hey, Rob, it's Ryan from Canada. I want to talk about the Spy Shack. Um, I think Trish might have been using it wrong. When the new Apari was imploding, she was in the sleeping quarters, not in the hidden spy room. So I guess my question is, uh, will this misuse of the Spy Shack cause a rift between... Her and Tony. Okay, Nicole. So when Trish was overhearing the fight between Cass and Sarah, she was in the shelter, but not in the spy shack portion of the shelter. Do you think was, is that going to create a problem with her and Tony that she's doing it wrong? Tony is a stickler. (laughs) So maybe, well, the problem is I don't think she knows about how to use the spy shack. How is she supposed to know? It's a secret thing. Yeah, you just... Cover your eyes and pretend you're not there. But Tony is back with the spy shack. Yeah. So he's back at the beach that has the spy shack. So we could see more spy shack this season. <laughs> I hope so. We, we hope so. I hope so. Okay. Taylor Cotter is up next. She has a voicemail talking about big moves. Here's Taylor. Hi, Robin Nicole. This is Taylor Cotter calling. Question about big moves in the game. Uh, do you think there's a false sense of importance around these big moves? Cass's move didn't necessarily get her any closer to the million, but it's considered a resume point if she makes the final three. Not to mention it makes her more appealing as a potential all-star. Are big moves a vital part of survivor strategy, or are they just fluff that people do for more screen time? Thanks, guys. Nicole, are the big moves overrated? That's actually a really good question. People, they put so much emphasis on these big moves. Like, sometimes they're not even good moves. Sometimes they're not good moves. And often a lot of the big moves are not necessarily the good moves. Um, A lot, let's, I mean, you can go through a lot of the winners. A lot of the winners did not make big moves, even though a lot of times on these reality shows, people say, well, if you want to win, you got to make big moves. Mm -hmm. Tyson had some big moves. Yes. Did Cochran have a big move? Not really. Not really. I mean, nothing Nothing is coming to mind. The time that he took a big, he made a big move was when he didn't win. Wait, yes, that time he did make a big right. move and he didn't win. That's that's absolutely correct. <laughs> um, there are other people. Did Sophie make a big move? I mean, no. no. So I think that you need to make the right moves. They don't always necessarily have to be the big move. I, I initially thought that this was... Big boobs was the question. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what. Because that would make a lot more sense. Then you have to have big. You, you have, have to have big, big boobs. boobs. So, so um, Morgan wins. So, right. So then, do people are people making the big moves for the screen time and because they want to come back for all stars? 
I think people are making big moves just to make big moves, just to say that they did. Yeah. Because it's just, they, they aren't really quite necessary. Yeah. I think people get excited about the idea. Oh, this is big. Yes. This, I know Tony gets excited. <laughs> yeah, he does. He said that uh, you get excited when you think of something uh, that's uh, either big or or huge. Let me this say. is huge. Yeah. <laughs> I needed this. So this yes. move is huge. He did talk about something being very thick this on this episode. What did he talk about? I don't remember what it was, but he did say that. I think I would have pulled it if uh He did. He <laughs> did. All right. All right, we'll take we'll take your word for it. All right. So big moves are not necessarily the way to go. All right, let's go to Ron Chan, and he has a voicemail for us today. And here is Ron the great Ron Chan. Hi, it's Ron from Toronto. Rob, Nicole, and Dominic. Besides Tony, who else from this cast has a chance to be on the next all-star season? Okay. So, Nicole. Mm-hmm. We're talking all-stars from Survivor BBB. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who could come back for an all-stars? Tony, we think he's definitely... We're definitely bringing Tony back. LJ. LJ. But here's the, the question about LJ. Now, and I think that he has the best chance to win uh-huh. out of any of the people that are still there. Has LJ done anything? No, but he's good looking. He's but good at challenges. We have no shortage of male all stars. But he's very appealing. Uh, I mean, I I don't. I still don't get it. I well, I do. Yeah, I mean, he'd be like a, a great like bachelor, but I feel like you know that there's nothing about LJ that's jumping off the page. I think that they make, would bring. I think they would bring him back. Great TV. Mm-hmm. I mean. I feel like that we. I am still waiting for his ticket to get punched to come back for an All Stars. I think yeah. he's playing a good game. Yeah, but I just I don't feel like this is a very exciting game. Well, do they always bring back people who play exciting games? Like, there's always though you know those questionable people that are just good looking. I mean, I've got a dozen people I, I want to bring back before LJ uh, out of guys. I think he's on the list. Guys, he's sure, on the list. You can put season. him on the list, yeah. but I feel like out of like handsome, you know, athletic guys, like I feel like, I don't know what's putting him head and shoulders above, you know, a, a lot of other people other than maybe we haven't brought him back yet. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's my opinion. And I told you Spencer, I do think they would bring back Spencer. Yes. Yeah. He Spencer's been popular. Yeah. But I feel like you know the ladies are loving him. Are they? Yeah, they are. I feel like he's got to he like, that. I feel like he's not an automatic yet. He's got to do something. So he's got to prove himself a little bit. Although you know, we thought he was a goner, and he's still here. He's he's still there. Yeah. Um, cast. Do we say that she is? No. She's in the mix. I, I, she might be in the mix, but I can't. I think they'd consider her. Yeah, I think she, yeah they would consider. I think we got to see how this turns out. Mm-hmm. And then let's see from the from the brawn. Um, what about Sarah? I think that's the probably the, the. I would say if it wasn't for this episode, they would bring back Sarah. If it wasn't for the episode where she got voted out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. No, but I feel like that she still was a strong character, and it's you know if you take a look at the history of women they've brought back for all star seasons, yeah, they've brought back far worse people oh, than definitely. Sarah. Definitely. And at least she can, at least she can, you know, has some chutzpah. Yes. You know, she has a little bit of something to her game. Yes. Like, even if she's making bad moves, like, she's got a little more spunk than... She's got a strong personality. A lot of these just, you know, you know, basically, like, live bodies in a bikini that they have brought back in the past. Yes. 
Uh, let's see. Anybody else from... What about Morgan? Is Morgan in the mix for an All-Stars? She's got to do something. You know, if she... Speaking of a live body in a bikini. In a strapless bikini. Yeah. Living dangerously. Living dangerously. <laughs> Is there... Do they have double-sided tape in the they medical must. kit this season? I don't, I have a hard time wearing a strapless bikini, and I'm not jumping around doing survivor challenges. Yeah. So there's got to be something holding those knockers up. Morgan looks the part, but she's done next to nothing in this whole season so far. Other than the lie she told of, oh, I did this for your comfort. Yeah. She oh. also, in the previews, uh, is looks like she's going to be, we're going to be talking about her a lot next week. She's she's really coming off a lot of personal attacks, it seems like, against Cass. Yeah, not cool. Calling Cass ugly, or yeah. I, I think she called her ugly. Yes, the because the pretty girl calling the older woman ugly. Oh, that'll go over. Well. Seen that before. That'll go over. Yes, that'll be yes, fine. Yeah. Okay, but you know what? That kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that doesn't make you <laughs> gets you the airtime and helps you get on the all star. Yes. So maybe it's a maybe it's a good move for her. I do think that Morgan is getting uh, prettier as the season goes. Oh, on. I think she's she's you know more the natural look is really good for her. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah not in the mix. No. Jeremiah is the forgotten man. I forget he's on the show. Yeah, it makes you sad. A little bit. <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I don't know why. I said yeah, like that. and Wu totally. Him and Jeremiah. Wu is exactly as I expected him to yeah, be. Pretty much exactly. Yeah. That. Okay. So I think that's. Are we forgetting anybody? Tasha. Ta- I, I. You know what? I wasn't really liking Tasha, but now I'm back on the the Tasha. Train. I like Tasha. I think she has a halfway decent chance to win the game, but I'm not. I still am not seeing anything that I'm saying. Let's call her back for all stars. She reminds me of one of my yoga teachers. Okay. She there. looks like her a lot. There you go. So that is those are your uh, potential all stars for Survivor Kagayan. Uh, and not anybody that's already been kicked out, right? No, they can't. Why? Why can't they? Because they didn't make the merge. <laughs> They've brought back a lot of people <laughs> that didn't make the merge. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, that happens uh, quite a bit. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to uh, some more voicemails. This next one is going to be from. Catherine from Georgia. She wants to talk about um, Georgia Peach making people feel smart. Okay. Here's Catherine. Hi, Rob. It's Catherine from Georgia. I just wanted to ask about what I think is a really underrated play in Survivor, and that is to convince someone to come to your side by making them feel really good about themselves. We see people screw this up all the time. Like when everyone tried to get Monica to switch last season by making her feel like she was an idiot for sticking with Tyson and Jervis. I thought Trish did a great job of this, uh, convincing Cass to switch over with her by making Cass feel like she was really smart. Do you agree that making someone feel like they're smart and can make the right decision is a really underrated way to play another survivor? Thanks. All right, Nicole, what do you think? That that was good, right? That they made her, you got to make them feel special. I even, think that's the key to life. Even Tony said, like, uh, look at them. They're putting her on a pedestal. That's what we need to do. And he was right because whereas they said, okay, you're at the bottom. Okay. You know, you're come vote with us or, you know, what do you want to do? Right. And that's why they, they won Cass over. Mm-hmm. Although Cass was already teetering on the edge. Yeah. But Trish said to her, like, who do you want to vote for? <laughs> who do you want? Uh, and she's like, Sarah. And then Dunzo. Done. Mm-hmm. That's done. Yeah. No, it was, it was. It was perfect. Yeah, they did a good job. So yeah. you have to make people feel special. Mm-hmm. It's like dating. Yes, make them feel. You wanna 
get in the bedroom, you have to make them feel special. Oh, I was like, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> you just gave me the dirtiest look. I was like, where is where where are we going with this? You have to make them feel special, otherwise yeah. you're not getting any. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't say you're a jerk. Let's do it. Well, some I think it depends how good looking you are. That's true. I think so. That's true. Make make people feel very special. Actually, it happens all the time. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. There's a whole school of thought that you don't the make boy. the person the bad boy the, the least special. You make them feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not found that to be since the you're case. the bad boy of podcasting. Is that how you get your guests? <laughs> no, no. I, I, may, I have to. I make them feel very special. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So let's go to uh, Steve, and he has a question. Uh, here is Steve wants to talk more about Chaos Cast. All right. Here is Steve Kerrigan. Hi, Rob. Steve Kerrigan here. I was completely shocked by Cass's horrible decision to flip last night. She had one of the strongest positions of anyone in the game, and she threw it all away for no good reason at all. But with hindsight being 2020, should we have seen this coming? After all, Cass had an alliance early on with Spencer and Garrett, and she turned her back on them, only to flip back to Spencer's side again and vote out Jatia. When it came to the disaster that was the crap for brains tribe, was hashtag chaos cast the real problem all along? All right, Nicole, love the podcast, Nicole. So we have, you know, we've had a couple of situations here with this brains tribe mm-hmm. okay um let's go back to the first vote and we got david vo- david voted off and that was fine okay no harm no foul and then we come back with the garrett vote and it's Cass that ends up uh she's one of the people that switches her vote in that spot and then you also have i guess she's the swing vote technically in that spot so mm-hmm. if she votes with garrett and spencer then it's different it's a different game Right. And then we also have, um, then she sort of is sides with the Spencer side over Jatia. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sort of a cut and dry Alexis vote uh, last week. So how much of of the unrest in the Brains tribe do we want to lay at the feet of Cass? Well, it seems like there's a common denominator in this equation. I would say... That we're probably that's probably a little unfair. I think what Steve is trying to say. I think the oh, the one thing that you could say is that well, she is kind of you know always teetering on you know. Well, she has been one to sort of like be impulsive, right? And we, what one thing that we have seen with Cass all season long. I think that's a good way of putting it. She's very impulsive. She's very, she's very impulsive, and she's also does not really have much of. She doesn't hold back, and so. Where we see in the first episode or the second episode that Jatia says to her, "So what? We like, what do you think?" She's like, "Well, I'm I'm kind of thinking of voting for you." Yeah, and so she tells tells Jatia to her face that she's gonna vote her <laughs> off. Um, I think that happens a second time also with with Jatia. She tells Sarah to her face, you know, like you know, I'm I'm getting frustrated with you. I, I don't have the exact words in front of me, so. I think that to be, you know, a really great Survivor player, I think you need to internalize some of that stuff or tell it to the camera. You know, it's funny because do you remember her, um, the pre-interviews where she said that basically she was going to lay, lay low and let everyone else be more important. And it seems like she's the exact opposite of what she said she was in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, 
you know, it's easy to say everybody comes into the game with, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then, you know, you don't get to eat or anything for a couple of days and then you just become exactly who, who you, you are. are. Yeah, that's I think part of the beautiful thing about Survivor mm-hmm. is that, you know, you can go into whatever and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But the game pretty much strips you of anything. And you're basically down to you know you don't have a position you don't have your money you don't have your stature in life mm-hmm. necessarily and you basically just have you and you have you know whatever and you're amplified and you're amplified and you're tired and you're hungry and you're cold and you're whatever yeah and it's basically it's so raw and you know that's why it's such a great game yeah Agreed. So, yeah all right so Cass is. Um, I think we could put a little bit of the blame for the unrest in the brain in the brain's so. trunk. I think so. But I think it's unfair to say all of the problems. I think Jatia needs to. Uh, that was a problem responsibility with itself. Yes. For the other problems, and yes. Garrett has to take a little bit of the responsibility. So who is she loyal to? She was saying how um, Sarah was only was she, you know she was playing for herself and that was one of the reasons why she voted her out but it seems like Cass is you know she's playing for herself well i think she's like well if sarah's going to play for herself then i'm going to play for myself she was playing for herself the entire time yeah i did think i do think she did a bad job with you know and maybe spencer is freelancing and there were interviews that she did today where where sarah was said where she was working with spencer and jeremiah but i feel like she kind of did wrong by tasha i don't know where tasha stands in all this mm mm-hmm. mhm so yeah, Tasha didn't get a lot of airtime. She didn't get a lot of airtime other than that conversation she had. And I felt like Cass was stomping her feet a little bit about when Tasha was like, OK, yeah, I know Sarah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we need to. And and I think Cass was like, oh, uh. like, uh, yeah. So I think that Tasha was just sort of placating. She's Sarah. Be- yeah, I, I think so. So. You know, I think that that was probably not a not a great job out of Cass. Yeah. And Tasha, I thought, did a, did a good job, but it just was misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's take our next voicemail question. And this one is, uh, you want to talk more about Cass? I love the chaos. Yeah, let's say one, one more in a row about uh, chaos Cass. Here's Doa. Rob and Nicole. Hello there. This is Doa from Orange County, California. First time I'm calling in. Hey, right at the end of the show last night, Spencer turns to Cass and says, Cass, zero chance to win the game. Do you think he's right? Or is Cass still a contender? I'd love to hear your thoughts and say hi to Dominic for me. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Okay, so Nicole, Cass has a 0% chance to win, according to Spencer. You know what? Spencer's good at math, so I would have to agree. No, I, you can't <laughs> say she has a 0% chance to win. No, I don't think. I don't. She has a next to 0% she, chance to win. It's, it's not looking good. Yeah. It's not looking good. Uh, Alex Forstenhausler had uh, written, who do you think has a better chance to win, Wu or Cass, if you have to pick it right now? I would pick Cass. <laughs> Yeah. The interesting thing that the Moretz brought up was that could somebody try to take her to the end because that they think that she's a goat, that you could beat her. Mm-hmm. But I think she she really has an uphill climb. I think I would probably, out of the 10 people in the game, I'd say, the, who has a worse chance to win than Cass? Let's do that. Uh, give me the okay. people with a worse chance to win than Cass. Okay. Uh, give me Morgan. Morgan. Yes. Worst chance to win the game. Jeremiah. Yeah, probably. Probably. 
And is there anybody else that you would say is you know, as a worse chance to win? Jeffra? No, I think. It's but what a, has Jeffra done? But but is she what she has done is not screw over five people. Well, it, that's a big move. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's at least. And she seems very sweet. People like her. Yeah. Except I, when they want to vote her. Own. I've seen nothing that does that says that Jeffra can't be a Natalie White. You know, yeah. if, if she was, if she was, uh, goes to the end with Tony and, you know, there's no reason necessarily why it, she couldn't be another Natalie White. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's likely, but I would say, I, I think that I would put money on Jeffra is another Natalie White before Cass comes back and wins the game. And they have a similar accent. Yeah. So I'd say that probably in the, and she's in the bottom, uh, third of players in the game okay uh-huh all right so let's take another question from uh brian from indy uh take away brian hey robin nicole it's uh brian from indy again um i just i know last night i know it all rob you uh commiserated on how your uh, top pick in all your survivor fantasy drafts is now gone and uh not to feel too bad nicole has been out for quite a while well just like your sponsor from last night DraftKings. They give you a chance to uh, pick new teams each day. I was wondering who in you, you and Nicole's new overall pick would be if you were picking right now. And uh, Rob, since you're such a uh, such a chivalrous man and mentioned your pick last night, I think you should probably give uh, Nicole the first pick. Uh, thanks for the great shows. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Nicole. One, your pick is out. You pick Garrett. Right. My pick. Did much better than yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was blinded by the abdominal muscles. <laughs> okay. And my pick was Sarah, and now she's out. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Who is the new Who is the new pick? I'm, I still think my money's on LJ. LJ? No, I think he, that's probably the right pick. Yeah. I think if you were going to do the power rankings right now, should we do the power rankings? Sure. Let's do the power rankings. All right. Number one, I think, is LJ. LJ. Boy, I guess number number two is Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say right right now, I still feel like I'm I'm you know, I'd I'd hedge my bets on Tony because I still feel like that he's uh I don't know if Tony can enjoy prosperity, but he's a in a good spot right now, but I kind of feel like even he's if he's in a good position, he's gonna get antsy. Yeah. And he's gonna uh kind of I uh, could totally see that happening. Mess with it. Mm-hmm. Uh number three kind of like on Twitter. Kind of, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, number three, do we stay on that? Do we stay on that side? Do we? It's like number three, um, Jeffra or a Trish, or, do, or are we starting to look at like the uh, Tasha's and Spencer's of the world? I think maybe after last night, I want to. Say, I would say maybe Trish. Trish is number three. I just I don't know if she has the jury votes where people are going to vote for Trish to win mm-hmm. to win the game. I could see her being a little salty in that final tribal castle yes, too. Yes, yes. I feel like there'll be some f bombs being dropped. Yeah, um, yeah. Out of those people on that side, I mean, of Trish, Wu, and Jeffra, I'm not really getting a winner vibe from any of those yeah. three. Like, I think I might have to go back to Spencer and, and Tasha. Tasha. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and then. I don't know. Then I think like I have that block of Wu, Jeffra, and I Trish. think it ends there. Yeah, it, it ends know. there. It's tough. It's tough. So, all right, let's go to let's go to Travis, and he has a question for you, Nicole, and it's a question that hopefully you can answer with, due to your 
fitness acumen, okay? Mm-hmm. Travis from Missouri. Take it away, Travis. Hey, guys. This is Travis from Missouri. My question is for the first lady of podcasting. Nicole, I'd appreciate your thoughts on the yoga and Pilates clinic that Trish put on this episode. And is there a particular name for the move that was featured? My wife and I refer to it as the Morgan Boob Squash, but that's probably not technically correct. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. All right, Nicole. So Trish was teaching some Pilates. The move that that was taught uh, the is called the Morgan boob squash. You know, oddly enough, that's the name I give it in my classes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think we need like an animated GIF of that. Yes. That was uh, that was very impressive. <laughs> I didn't really pick it up in my original watch of it. And then I read Gordon Holmes on Twitter tweeted like, uh, Morgan doing yoga is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and then I watched it again and I feel like it, w- it needed either to be a gif and I think it also needed to be, I think there needed to be like a sound effect also. What would, what would be the sound effect, Tony? Uh, no, no. The sound effect, like, maybe either like a bicycle horn. <laughs> maybe one of those two things, uh, needed to be done. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty, it, it was impressive. Impressive. Okay. We might need <laughs> you to. You were a little too impressed there, buddy. <laughs> you don't even, you, you, that. Well, you go back and watch it and then you tell me you're not impressed. Okay. <laughs> so I dare you. I dare you. Okay. Let's do one last voicemail. And this is going to be a good segue here. And we are going to check in with Andrea. Belky? No, not Belky. Here, okay. Here's Andrea. Andrea's voicemail talking about social media. Hey, Rob. This is Andrea from Toronto, Canada. Do you think that Twitter interactions among current survivors can possibly lead to spoilers? I saw that Cass and Tosh were retweeting negative comments about one another. Do you think this indicates that Cass stays with Trish and the Solana tribe? Additionally, with all of CBS's custom hashtags and and Cochran advertising his handle and whatnot, how do you think Twitter has changed the survivor landscape? I'd love to hear your opinion. Thanks. Okay, Nicole, I've talked about this uh, a bit this season. My take on this is that the survivors on Twitter need to, the current survivors need to chill out. Get a grip. Get a grip, chill out, and be thankful that you get to tweet. Because there was a point not too long ago when the survivors weren't even allowed to be on social media. Mm -hmm. They weren't allowed to leave their houses. Well, that was a long time ago. But I'm talking about like in Survivor Redemption Island. Mm -hmm. Like that's how recently survivors weren't even allowed to be on social media. Right. So I kind of feel like it's a privilege, not a right that you get to be tweeting during, during the shows and ruin it for everybody else. So now again, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I do report on what the survivors say on social media, but you're not on the season. Yes. But it used to be when we started doing like, and we've always talked about it in the history of the podcast, but in the beginning when we, you know, when we were young, we were young podcasters, we we used to talk about what the, what the former survivors were saying on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, really there's not a ton of the former survivors tweeting. It feels like the bulk of what we talk about is like 70, 80%, the people that are currently on the show. And they're fighting amongst themselves. They fight amongst themselves and they fight, uh, with, with the former survivors and even, even sometimes with me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like Survivor is a TV show. It's not real life. Leave the, leave the dirty comments 
well, out of it. Dirty comments. You okay. know what I mean. All right. So, well, I guess. The low blows. And it, yeah. And I, I also have to say, I'm not super crazy about when uh, people get into, oh, something's going to happen tonight. That's going to, you know, it's bad enough. I got these commercials that are <laughs> telling or spoiling the show for me. Like, yeah. uh, because and then when somebody tells me, oh, this crazy thing is going to happen tonight, you won't believe what happens. Now, the whole episode, I'm like, oh, I got to watch for the crazy thing. It's like before I go watch The Sixth Sense, is like, oh, there's going to be such a great twist ending. You're going to love it. And now the whole movie, I'm like, OK, what's the twist? What's the yeah, twist? What's the twist? Yeah. And of course, I'm wrong. Uh, and it's still, it's still. I knew it in the sixth sense. You did. I did. Somebody ruined it for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that what a jerk. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Uh, so <laughs> you seem very upset about it. Still, I, I was annoyed. I was annoyed. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't tell me anything about it. Like Rob, I kind of want. It's over. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the survivor. I'm talking about the survivor. <laughs> I, I don't like. You know, I don't like to know. Whatever. So all right. So let's let's pick up the. Let's get into the survivors on social media. Oh, um, you need a fancy name for this segment. We need a fancy name for the segment. Actually, before we get to social media, can I just uh, quickly check in with our inappropriate comments? Of course. <laughs> All right. So Jeff Probst, I felt like didn't really have anything good. So I had to go to the survivors and I felt like something there was something that happened last night that uh, made me giggle a little bit. So <laughs> like this, a little girl. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> All right. So uh, we of course, uh, we had uh, from last night's tribal council. Okay, this was uh, this was Spencer and Tony from last night. Ready? Yeah, you want to pull it out? What's that going to prove? That you are telling the truth. And what's that going to get me? Where's that going to get me? Well, you just told us that you have one, so. All right. <laughs> I want to hear the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just feel like, but I feel like that it fits in a theme that we've been working with this season between. Hey, Rob. Yeah. Want to pull it out? <laughs> Everybody, open your little package. <laughs> yeah, you want to pull it out? <laughs> we have. It is big, it is beautiful, and you are going to love it. Mm. <laughs> That's what I say every night. And whoa. This is huge. <laughs> I needed this. Yeah, you want to pull it out? <laughs> All right, so you can have fun with that. Yeah. yeah. No, not great. It's not great. But it made, it made it made me giggle. Not nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're an easy mark for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk about. Okay, I had to get, have the the interns. Uh, mark Solara was uh, behind the scenes uh, putting all this stuff together. Did a great job. I I needed a second shift of voicemail. We did. Yeah. So there was like I I started the morning and they uh, they e- emailed me. Uh, Mark emailed me at like five o'clock in the morning. It was like, here's, here's all of the, the, what the survivors are tweeting. And he like, he's like, I'm done. And by the afternoon, I'm like, I need a evening edition (laughs) of the survivors on Twitter. Okay. So let me start here with, uh, Sarah's exit interview. Okay. Because that, that really set Tony off today. Okay. Sarah's exit interview. And then also then Parvati first my exit interview with, with Sarah. Right. Set off Tony. And then uh Sarah was on the Survivor After Show with our friend Parvati. Right. And then that was like a second second wave aftershock. That set him off. <laughs> yes. Yes. So and I think that what the um two things really from the exit interview really uh annoyed Tony, where I was talking about um, my dad, 
who was in the NYPD for uh, tw- 27 years. Mm-hmm. And he... And I said he would not have liked the I'm going to, you know, swear on my badge. And knowing your father, he wouldn't have. He would not. He would not have liked that. No. And listen, he disliked survivors for less than that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get into the list of all the survivors he didn't like. Right. And, and again, he's no longer with us. I can't ask him. But I, I, I talked to my mom about this. She said, oh, no, no, he would not have. He yeah. would not have cared for that. Yeah. OK. So I mentioned I mentioned that to Sarah. And again, I'm not my dad. Right. You know, that my dad and I have have different values on on a lot of things. That doesn't necessarily isn't a huge turnoff for me. But my dad, as a police officer, he would not have cared for that. And it's not an insult to anybody. It's just it was it's his opinion. Yeah. And so and again, you know, my dad is a police veteran. I'm a survivor veteran. We have a little (laughs) different. So, you know, a, a different, different dynamics There's a little bit of a different line in the sand on, on mm-hmm. this sort of thing. And so and Sarah then mentioned, yeah, and my police chief said, yeah, thank you for not, you know, uh, sullying the good name of the police department or whatever she said. And so Tony uh, really tweeted, uh, Sarah just heard your interview dot dot dot. You all caps broke your promise on your badge. Not me. You tried to get me out. Uh, I said another one. I tried to stay with you and you wanted me out. So what are you both talking about? <laughs> me dishonoring my badge. That's to me and Sarah. Uh-huh. Um, then, uh, but you says, didn't say anything about him dishonoring his badge. I said that my dad, but you didn't say Tony, you dishonored your badge. Yeah. Uh, again, I said that my dad would not have liked, have liked it. Uh, two, two different things. Yeah. And then uh, Tony said, maybe your chief needs to rewatch the show. And then uh, and then Tony, uh, only to me, he wrote, uh, what exactly did I do? Not what I said, but it, what is it that I did that a 30 year old, uh, that a 30 year police veteran wouldn't appreciate? And again, that uh, saying I'm going <laughs> to s- swear on my badge and that I don't, you know, I'll swear on my badge. I'll I'll swear on what I'll swear on whatever. Uh that he would not have liked that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's not the. It's it's you know. It's not the end of the world. He just wouldn't have liked it. He just it. wouldn't have liked it. Yeah. Uh, then then Tony also said to me, Sarah broke her promise on her badge. All caps. Not me. Regardless of my words, who did who wrong? Her actions, my words. Come on. Um, and but one, didn't Tony say that it, it didn't mean anything to him? Another one, all caps. <laughs> Point is, don't say anything about me and my intentions regarding a badge when you yourself went against it, not I. I said, I own it. Uh, you're damn right I would lie on a survivor badge, but I didn't. You did. And you're acting like you didn't. Okay. <laughs> I can't even follow. <laughs> yes. And it's... Uh, of uh, like, there's a few. There's a few more. I don't know if we. Need he to he get, definitely liked the caps lock. He, he got into the like the uh, Tyrone Davis uh, mode a little <laughs> bit, but well, whatever. A- anyway, you know. Uh, but I just feel like you know Tony. Whenever Tony's game's over, he has his chance to uh, to you know to discuss all of this. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, in you know, I think from Sarah's point of view, she felt like that. And again, I think that Sarah was annoyed about the when. I, you know, hey, let's cops are us and let's, uh, you know, I swear on my badge and we're, we're loyal to each other. And then he was lying. He was lying then. I think she's a little annoyed. She's annoyed about that. That I, she I, found out that he was lying after watching After it. watching the show. I think she was annoyed about that. Okay, I think 
she has then, a right to be annoyed. And in the game, I think she felt like when Tony made the first five alliance, right? Uh, using my <laughs> getting my big brother and Survivor uh, mixed up, <laughs> but where top five baby, she I think she felt like that was the betrayal that hurt her of that Tony went against me. He said we were working together, mm-hmm. and so you know, and Tony feels like that she was trying to get her out, him out also. So wasn't that her breaking her word? You know what? Whatever. No matter, no, very, very dramatic. Yeah. No matter, and and one one last time. No matter who was swearing on their badge and whatever, uh, my dad wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> he still doesn't like it. <laughs> he still doesn't. He still doesn't like it. So then, uh, so then on the after show, oh boy. And then Tony started tweeting to Parvati, and he's saying, uh, "How is she still saying she was true to her badge? Uh, Sarah, are you nuts? Come on, Sarah, be truthful now. Why did you not think I had a real idol?" Um, uh, then, uh, anyway, so Parvati. Sounds like we need to whip out the Survivor's Annex. <laughs> Parvati ends up tweeting oh boy. back to Tony, and she writes back to Tony, uh, you're under arrest <laughs> for interference. <laughs> Hashtag pipe down. <laughs> well, there you go. I just didn't respond back. That was a good uh, response, Parvati. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, also then, uh, Garrett and Cass were getting into it also. Oh, boy. Uh, Garrett tweeted, Shocker, Cass's complete lack of strategic and social ability on display yet again. She really needed more hugs growing up. Hashtag vindication for me. Oh, we all need more hugs. And Cass wrote back, "Uh, Is this how you act when you lose at poker? You need fewer (laughs) achievement medals growing up. Hashtag sore loser. Okay. There you go. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, Tasha, she she tweeted last night. Uh, Miss Foxy Tasha, she tweeted. My seven year old niece just asked why someone would go uh, from the top of an alliance to the bottom of another one. Did I mention she was seven? <laughs> there you go. Um. Tasha Fox then tweeted, uh, let me break it down so it will forever be broken. There were only two brains on Luzon, at Miss Foxy Tasha and at Spencer BGM. Okay. And so then uh, Bryce tweeted, let me break this down. At underscore Morgan McLeod and I were the only true beauties on the beauty <laughs> tribe. Hashtag dot dot dot. Hmm. And then uh, Morgan tweeted, amen. Okay. Um, Spencer tweeted, uh, choice A, good spot within the majority, choice B, the bottom of the majority and five people now hate you. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. You want to hear some former survivors? I got a couple I, former survivors. Of course I do. Uh, Vetus, uh, he tweeted, uh, two powerful women not letting the other get the best of them. If at Ados Music and I had boobs, it would be the same thing. Sure. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, at Lisi underscore oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything. Uh, anything queued up. Um. Okay. So she tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lisi. Rob's about to, about to pee his pants. <laughs> Lisi tweeted. After that food, everybody poops! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! On each other! <laughs> exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Trust me! Exclamation point! Exclamation point. 
<laughs> hashtag Survivor, hashtag Survivor Comedy Hour. So maybe she, I don't know if she's telling the truth about that. <laughs> she says it was Survivor Comedy Hour. Oh no! Oh no! That, there's, there's truth to every joke. Yeah, we're che- we're checking everybody's tidy whities <laughs> after this. Okay, we'll know. And then also, Lisi tweeted, uh, "Does Cass have any friends in life?" <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see if Lisi is going to be tweeting a picture of her licking uh, Cass's uh, freeze frame on her TV. Does Lisi know how much we love her song? Um, I think she knows. I think she <laughs> might. She might know. Um, Lisi's also on Vine, also. So hopefully we have some good. Oh, I bet they're really good. Some good vines to bring you. Um, Penner tweeted, and uh, even though there's some some people are suspecting Penner is uh, DVRing Survivor this season. Uh, Penner wrote. Uh, why they delayed tweets? <laughs> <laughs> They're a little, a little delayed. Like three days later. Yeah, I think last night it looks like he was on. He was on point, but uh, he tweeted, uh, "A Sarah sandwich, Princess Sarah. She's too cocky, right? Cut the shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. There you go. <laughs> you like you like that? It was just kind of all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh so Penner was not in love with Sarah. Okay, uh Eliza. Eliza oh was oh so boy. Eliza was on DVR last night. Okay. She recorded the episode. Um she wasn't she wasn't super uh horrible. I bet she did not like what went on last night. Okay. So Eliza started off uh creative guys, a combined tribe name, really? No. So, didn't like Not that. Not impressed. Uh, so this, uh, Eliza tweeted, oh my God, period. Yoga with Trish and that voice would be the least <laughs> relaxing thing ever. <laughs> That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Um, Eliza tweeted then, uh, Sarah's confessionals are literally the worst. Most ominous ever. Don't fight me. Don't test me. I'm the most powerful. Hashtag yikes. Yikes. And then uh, Eliza said, uh, whoa, Sarah's a mess and Cass's reaction is extreme too. These two are acting like children. Tasha's the only one with a level head. Mm, Okay. Okay. And uh, then she also said, uh, so I know people are saying Cass lost jury votes with that move, but people get over it and vote for people who betrayed them. I did twice. And you might be the only one. No, she's not the only one. So Eliza said... But I don't think a lot of people do. For Cass, keep hope alive. So we're enhancing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And That's uh, never a good thing. Yeah, keep hope alive. And uh, yeah, and Corinne tweeted, I love that everyone keeps me posted on how my RHAP predictions are turning out. I may interview with the Psychic Friends Network after all. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's uh, that's uh, survivors on uh, social media, Nicole. Yep. All right. So uh, we have got a great survivor podcast for you next Thursday. Who's here? Okay. Well, I don't know who's here, but we're I'm <laughs> gonna have a uh, a very a, a very exciting interview for you guys next week. So you don't have a guest. I well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. No, I have a guest. Okay. And that guest is uh, your reigning Mister Survivor. Oh, yes. Oh, is it coming over? Oh, I, I we haven't discussed that yet. But next Thursday, Mr. Survivor Malcolm Freeberg joins us for a Survivor podcast. Has he next been Instagramming Thursday. the the belt? He did once. Once. He did once. Once. Okay. One time. All right. We'll we'll see. We'll remind him of his campaign promises. I think that the ladies want a shirtless belt photo. I thought he did the one already. It was. I don't think it was shirtless. 
Okay. You need an updated picture? You ask the ladies what they want. That's what they want. All right. I will ask. I and will and ask I believe that's what your mom said, too. All right. All right. Take it easy. Let's take it easy. <laughs> that is what she all right, said. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, file that under things that also that my dad doesn't like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh that's gonna be next thursday of course tomorrow we're gonna have a podcast with uh josh wiggler nicole we're gonna we're gonna uh talk about the josh wrote an article of the 10 best strategic moves ever on survivors so we're gonna talk about that that article was on vulture.com uh which is a very uh very nice site mm-hmm. and then we're also going to talk about well game of thrones is coming back I'm on so sunday of course, uh, the, this Sunday, this Sunday, oh my live God. show John on post show recaps at uh, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to cast survivor tribes of brains, beauty and brawn from the <laughs> of the not brawn uh, <laughs> brains, beauty and brawn from the Game of Thrones universe. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be fun. Bonus podcast. Yeah. Some bonus survivor coverage. I'm so okay. excited for Game of Thrones. It's gonna that should be a lot of fun. And then also on Friday, I'm going to have a Big Brother Canada interview with Ika. Ooh, Ika. I you you like Ika? Uh, Ika Ika. I I like Ika, and uh, Ika said on Twitter that she also like uh, me. Maybe so. you should marry her. <laughs> well. You have no idea who Ika is. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll, show, I'll, I'll show you after uh, we get done here. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and that's uh, what that's what's coming. And then No Amazing Race uh, this weekend. Okay. No Amazing Race. Uh, CMAs. No, because uh, we get to spend more time on Game of Thrones. Okay. Now, I thought you going to say with me. And and we and with you. Mm-hmm. All right. So another another thing that is uh, coming up, or that I want to let you guys know about. So I've been talking over the last couple of months about the patron system to support Rob has a podcast using Patreon, which is a way to be able to crowdfund things like podcasts and YouTube channels. And you guys have been amazing. That we've amazing, gotten, yeah. we've gotten uh, such great support. Uh, sw- starting up on this system and uh, we've got uh, over, you know, 200 people that have, you know, said that this is how they want to help, you know, offset the costs of Rob has a podcast and help support me to do this podcast full time. And so one of the things that we've sort of like in getting this off the ground is that the people are paying per podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I said to people, well, why don't you sign up for a quarter of podcasts? And then there's a little bit of like, I'm doing about eight or nine podcasts a week on Rob as a podcast. You're a podcast machine. But I only charge for five of them. And it's sort of like an arbitrary, well, this one I'll charge for and this one I don't charge for because this is Big Brother... This is Big Brother Canada. I don't charge for this, but this is Amazing Race. And but some people don't li- even listen to the Amazing Race. And people it gets like, complicated. People are like, well, I only want to pay for Survivor. And so what we're going to do is switch to a monthly system instead of per podcast. You know, if you know, if you want it in your head, like, okay, well, this is what I'm willing to pay to support Rob has a podcast. Then you know, just figure out what that number is for the month. So if it's like, well, I'll pay, you know whatever you know x you, you know do you have to do the math you guys okay. know numbers you guys know numbers <laughs> and anyway so we're making we're making that change if you're an if you're an existing patron at some point during this month you need to go in and change from per podcast to per month and then that'll and if you're in the facebook group i'll ex- i'll explain more about what that is but the other thing that i'm going to do is that for the patrons 
I am going to, you know, I want to, I want to do something else for the patrons. So I'm going to start doing one special piece of content per month that's only for the patrons. So it's the VIP cast. Yeah, you call it whatever you want, but mm-hmm. it's a, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to be any of the regular content. I'm not taking anything away. I'm just going to add one new piece of content per month that's just for the uh, patrons. And I'm not exactly sure how I want to do it yet. It's either going to be, I may do something with blog talk radio. That's like a call in phone number and take and take phone calls from the people who are the patrons. Or I may go back to Spreecast as a blast from the past and then do, do a private, you know, Spreecast where people can come on and ask me questions. But it's basically going to be, you know, once a month, I'm going to do a a show and hopefully you can be there for those also as much as you can. And, and, I'm going to add that. Are you talking one- to me? Well, who else is here? Oh, okay. <laughs> who else is, is that? I, do the I, I know you're with? talking to the audience. I guess. Yeah, sure. I, I'd love for the audience to be there too, oh, but yes. I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I hope that you could be there. Okay. I just, I have to clarify these days. I, do, why do I have an, an, well, I guess I do have a, a, other podcast co-hosts, but they're not here. <laughs> not that I know of, yeah. but. All right, so that's something that's something a little bit different. If you'd like to uh, find out more about becoming a patron for uh, Rob Has a Podcast, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron or click on the links that are beneath every post on robhasawebsite.com, okay? Sounds great. All right, sounds uh, really fun. Um, Nicole, we need to come up with a hashtag, and this is the part where you say, well, why do you even ask me? First of all, I don't talk like that. Okay. And second of all, yes, that's true. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is true. And so do we have, what What was something that we talked about? Survivor. You, yeah, we talked about, <laughs> we talked about Survivor. That's true. That's true. And is there anything, is there anything in particular that we, uh, would be, a, would be a good hashtag? I'm not even going to answer this. Why time. don't you? Okay, then why don't you pick something? Pick something random then. Pick something random. Okay, and not something that's on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, how about wine? Wine? Yes. A- any for any particular reason for wine? I I would like to have a glass of wine. <laughs> All right, fine. Hashtag hashtag wine. If you made it now, is it W? H I N E. Let's do W H I N E because Rob whines during this segment. <laughs> no, Rob uh, does not does not whine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for the Survivor podcast. We'll have much more on Friday. So make sure you are locked in. Subscribe to Rob has a podcast. Rob is website dot com slash iTunes. Uh, hope you check out the podcast with Friday. And if not, uh, or I'm sorry. The po- uh, this is how tired I am. Let's, let's get it together, bro. Yeah, check out the podcast I'm going to do with Josh on Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.